Hello, this is Justin the Owl Osgood, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Oh, Justin, this is... uh, Hi, how you going? This is a really nice shindig. Uh, you've uh, invited me to here, like um, switch music. We've got champagne in our hands. Um, have you bid on any of the the uh, the art, the, the relics? Yeah, you know, I just love the smell of papyrus in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I was going to show you. There's this, a couple of these scrolls over here I've been ah. looking at, oh, and okay. it's been taking me a few centuries. I mean, weeks. Uh, but I think I've figured out what this one's trying to say, almost. Oh, gosh. I oh, almost really? got it. Yeah, there's, I see Set on here and the new this, and, and our friend Conchi was on here. Oh, it's yeah. certainly there's very... Another, real- there's another gentleman, too, in white, and I, I think that that's fairly oh. important. Oh, God, I just thought it was the I just thought it was a waiter. But anyway, that's mm, great. Well, that's a interesting, yeah. interesting stuff. I, 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 yeah, I'm not too well versed with papyrus, um, but yeah, that, that looking great. And you know, a couple of statues up uh, here for auction. Justin, yeah, yeah, you know, some really uh, old alabaster white stuff, really gosh. rare stuff. Yeah, very familiar. Oh, oh, hello, hello, Samuels. Uh, uh, Justin, this is this is Samuels. He's our right. Oh, hello there. Yes, hi. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, sorry, Justin. Um, before we go, I mean, have you had any? Did you make any bids for anything? <laughs> um. Well, there's a there's an urn over there. There's a oh. there's an urn with an owl head on it that I've oh. had my eye on again for a few. Fantastic. Uh, c- centuries. I mean, I mean months. And. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm going to get it this time. Oh, excellent! Oh well, that that sounds really good. Uh, okay, Samuels, we're coming, we're coming. All right, well, um, I haven't had a chance to bid, but uh, I know I've, I've got a good friend, Felicia. She might be able to help me out with one or two artifacts. Oh, well, excellent! Like so, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so, uh, let's follow Samuels into the uh, the limo and let's get out of here. That's great. Yeah, there's a guy over in the corner that's been eyeing us. He's got a oh, weird oh, yeah. cane with a with a jackal head on it. At, at first I thought he was trying to sell me cocaine, but I <laughs> I think he's I think he's just there to lure people. Maybe he's oh. part of security. Maybe he's part of security. Could be. Uh, I, I thought he was Borat. But anyway, well, let, let's go. <laughs> let's, get, let's get out of here. <laughs> okay. Good idea. Okay. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. And uh, this is another fun adventure. You're with your high priest Ray. Welcome, welcome. And again, you'll notice uh, later in the week, this is just the one episode this week, and it's because it's one of those crackers that I like to call the Isla Ra Sessions. And joining me as a special guest, you have heard him, no doubt, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, is um, really dedicated and 
uh, knowledgeable loony, Justin the Owl. Osgood, Justin, welcome to Grant Mansion. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Ray, for having me, and thank you, loonies, for listening. I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Ray? Yeah, good, good. Did you enjoy the ride over in the limo? Um, oh, it was very bar? comfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very comfortable. Yeah, Excellent. the minibar was great, as always, the, yeah. The um, the 80-inch TV in there, mm, flat screen. That was nice, yeah. Plenty yeah, of got room. To, yeah, got to walk, catch up on the, the latest episode of The Bad Batch on the way over. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That was good. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, and a jacuzzi in there as well. I oh, know. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but you might as well ride in style, you know. I mean, oh, we are, absolutely. You know, live in the lab of luxury. I'm not interested, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Justin joins us. Um, very excited about this one. So for listeners who may not know uh, what this thing is about, it is basically a desert island book. So... Justin has come over to Grant Mansion and what we'll do is typically uh, we'll ask just a set of just questions because this is also about knowing your fellow loony so um, we'll get to know Justin, how he got into comics, how he got into Moon Knight and his other interests, stuff like that um, and then uh, we will cap it off with a, a nice reveal of Justin's top four Isla Ra books so four books he can't live without and these must be singles right so yes i am um, yes. very strict on that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as always listeners uh, you can either uh, stop listening now uh, go click the links the encrypted links in the show notes see what justin's books are um, get a feel for them come back and uh, and come along for the ride or you can just be surprised and uh, just keep on listening and we'll reveal them as we go um so yeah, Justin, very cool, very excited to have you here. As always, um, a very, um, a very warm, um, fireplacey setting. Uh, we've got the bearskin rug there. Um, mm. I, I know we had a bit of champers beforehand at the auction, um, mm-hmm. but uh, would you mind a bit of a tipple? I can, I can herald Samuels. Well, yes, uh, Samuels, it, if you could get us some tea and and. I brought in a jar of special honey, if you could make sure there's oh. a generous dollar of that in, in both of our mugs. It'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, very kind of you, Justin. That's very good. I'm very happy for oh, that. And sure. Samuels... Yeah, it's, it's very rare stuff. Yeah, I think oh. you like it. Oh, well, if you don't mind, Samuel, you know, you can just lick the spoon, okay? It's expensive <laughs> stuff, okay? Just leave it for, for Justin and myself. Don't, don't go sticking your finger in and, and getting a mm, wallop, okay? Yes, it's, it's expensive yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Make sure it's the one with the with that leaf on the on the, on the cover. Yeah. Okay. Now, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Samuels. Um, so, uh, please, uh, please, uh, that'll be great. And uh, thank you so much for picking us up at the auction. Mm. Off yeah, he yeah, goes. That was, a, that was a lovely ride over. It was, yeah. It was. Samuel's is very good. He's um, yeah. very, very good. And he's he's very consistent stride as he as he walks out mm. of the room. Um, yes, he's a class act. He's a class <laughs> he's act. He's a class act. He is. Um, anyway, Justin, enough about Samuel's. We're not here to talk about Samuel. <laughs> oh, that's he's always trying to steal the spotlight. Anyway, <laughs> uh, before we get into any like any kind of questions to know a bit more about you it's 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 fantastic having you here like you know we've had many chats before you've, you've been on the show before um mm-hmm. it's very exciting i know there's at least one person russell uh, who's very keen to hear about your reveals your books mm. um yes but, yeah 
Mm. But before any of that as well, I just thought... Jack Russell. Little, little, little Jack Russell. Um, Yeah, he's been on... He's been at Grant Mansion as well. He's been good. Um, Yeah, I listened to his session a little while ago. I've been listening to a few of the Isla Ross sessions doing Mm. my homework. Ah, excellent. I I loved his. I loved his. All of his picks were great. Oh, yes. Oh, no, absolutely. We always are. I should say I was a little surprised with some of your picks. Um, oh, but okay. pleasantly surprised, I must say. Good, so, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, before we go into into all that, of course, um, just like I guess to date the show, <laughs> I might as well um, just cast your thoughts on uh, any of the the latest news for Moon Knight. And and the thing that I only kind of came up with over the last week or so, Justin, was the more casting news for Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh, so for those that don't know, uh, Dinah Shahabi. Um, has been cast. Now, those may be familiar with her from uh, the likes of um, Jack Ryan. That's that's where I know her from, mm-hmm. uh, and others as well. Justin, have you have you heard or seen her before? And, and what are your thoughts about her casting? I haven't seen or, or heard of her before. Not at least not to my knowledge, unless I've seen something okay. with her in it that I wasn't aware of. I. I hope that she's Marlene. I hope that they finally yeah. cast Marlene because she she would make a great Marlene. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, no, she just, yeah, from, she just from looking at her, yeah. Yeah, she would as well. A lot of loonies as well spectorlated because, I mean, <clears throat> they grabbed a random shot of her, a random photo of her. I mean, I, I do know her in, in, in at least another guise, but she had red hair in this photo, so people were spectorlating mm-hmm. stained glass scarlet, which... Um, mm. Yeah, I, I would like I, as well. I, yeah, I thought that as well too, Ray, but I thought it would be kind of early to introduce that character in the show. Yeah. So uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they... I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible, and I would love to see that character soon. But Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too uh, as well. And, and her role in Jack Ryan, like she just had, you know, she had dark hair. Uh, she had more mm. of a Persian... Uh, she was playing more of a Persian role. Um mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm Marlene, definitely, but I'm leaning towards, and maybe I'm generalising. I don't know. I'm, sh- I'm sure she's a very diverse actor, but mm-hmm. she may be playing that ilk, you know, in Egypt, an Egyptian mm-hmm. role, um, did, which could very did she well do be action Marlene. Stuff in, in the Jack Ryan movie? Did she um, do some action fighting? Not well. No. I, I didn't finish the season. She was more of um. She was the wife of the main like terrorist, if I can call him oh, that. Okay. Um, yeah, so she she was she wasn't evil. It was actually she played it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like a, a mother who was trying to protect her family. Her son um, wanted to side with with mm-hmm. uh, the father, so kind of okay. go to the dark side sort of thing. But she was trying to escape that kind of world of um, you know just terrorism. Um, mm. So she played it really well, uh, I thought. Uh, but yeah, okay. I mean, that's me just, again, typecasting. She could well be something else. But I, I think more of, uh, we'll see her more of a character within the setting of Egypt. You know, maybe mm. Mark's travails there and maybe Marlene. So mm-hmm. um, other than that, I can't really think of anyone else. Just unless, of course, she may be... I'm going to go for a stretch here. She may be a deity. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I thought about that too. Yeah, mm. the, from from one of the recent runs. The, the... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, that is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they could also gender swap one of the other characters as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll have to see. Uh, there's a small chance she might be Neda. 
I'm excited. Neto being That would be fantastic. Mark's housekeeper. Um, let's not forget about her. So, yeah, that casting is crucial. They have, they have <laughs> exactly. Well, Sam yeah. Mills has been talking no end uh, about mm. fa- about mm. casting. Asked me the yes. other day, Ray, he said, said, who do you think will cast be cast as me, i.e. Samuels? I said, I don't know, Samuels. I don't know. Who do you think? Who do you think, um, Justin? Well, who do you think Samuels will be? It's, it's too bad that they already cast uh, Anthony Hopkins as Odin because he would have been my first pick for Samuels. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, true. I, I would have actually, I would have said Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond. I think oh, Samuels <laughs> looks exactly yes. like kind of that goofy nature. Uh, anyway. Or maybe Michael Richards from Seinfeld. As he, as <laughs> yeah, he is exactly. Now. As he is now. Oh, as yeah. he is now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, Samuels, if you listen to this. Anyway, what are you doing, Samuels? What are, what are you he's seeping into our psyche again? Um, oh, yeah, there he goes. It's crazy. He might be the Shadow King, Justin. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well yeah, be. he could be, yeah. He's always around, <laughs> lurking around in the shadows. He is like a lurker, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, and we did see that lurker a bit earlier on. Anyway, that's maybe a mm. bit more to come with that. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, diving into, I guess, the questions that we always ask everyone on the show, and then some, um, I wanted to ask, first of all, to, to get things rolling, how did you get into comics? Now, I, I know some of the, the background, I mean, from our chats as well, but just for mm-hmm. the listeners out there who may not be familiar with, uh, with your origin... Well, I got into comics kind of really early. It was in the very early 80s. And my earliest earliest memories are actually related to, and I know you're going to love this because you're mm-hmm. a fan as well, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, yes. the original line of action figures. Each one of those came with a little comic book type of thing. That was The very first ones were the precursors, and they were kind of like kind of like picture books in that they there was a picture and then there was a box of dialogue underneath which explained what was going on there weren't word balloons yet they eventually went to that later on i think Mm -hmm. but those first ones were like that and that's i still have all of those i I can't believe i kept them all wow really yeah yeah i do (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. That is fa- yeah, that, yeah. that amazes me. I, cause, yeah. I don't. I don't think they're in the best of shape, but they're still all intact. And they're all, they're mm-hmm. all still Are you talking about the mini comics, right? Yeah, the mini comics. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I, I just loved those, and I've read yeah. those over and over and over again. And I love the art in there, and it just it captured my imagination really early. Mm-hmm. So. Um, after that, I was—I remember being in the store with my mom, and they had one of those great spinner racks. And the earliest comic book I remember asking for was a Marvel uh, Universe handbook, and it was a Book of the Dead edition. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So I—I I spent all this time reading about all these characters who were dead, and I young emo Justin. Yeah, I know. All my life I've had this weird fascination with death and morbidity, so it really makes complete and total sense in the grandest scheme of things. But yeah, I, I read about all these dead characters and I, I yeah. read about, you know, how they started out and, and the 
their powers were and who they were affiliated oh, with. And the all handbook this stuff. is just fantastic. Yeah, isn't it? I yeah. loved it. Yeah, mm. and then of course I got one of the other ones that had all of the living characters mm -hmm. in it, and we're reading about their exploits and stuff. And it, it, all of those handbooks, as you know, had little excerpts in them from the actual comic books. Yes, which never had any dialogue. It was just the art. But I thought, you know, I want to read some of this stuff. So I started asking for comic books just randomly, and I was still at an age where I didn't really appreciate them. So what I used to do, and this is going to horrify a lot of listeners, but I was, I was only like five or six, so you've got to give me some allowance. But what I used to do <laughs> is I would take a, a pair of scissors and I would cut things out of the comic <gasps> books. I would cut characters <laughs> out. I would cut battle scenes out. I would cut things out of the covers i would cut all kinds of stuff out of these comic books yeah. and then what i would do is i would clear my little wooden desk off in my bedroom yeah. and i would set all of these little cutouts and they would be from marvel books from dc books from mm -hmm. coloring books from just everything all these I'm different cutouts i'm just wondering do you recall was one of them werewolf by night 32 by any chance or was one of no of them, marvel spotlight <laughs> you know <laughs> like you just no going, oh. actually no okay, no okay. Oh, I, I remember a lot of the ones that i cut up and, and none of those were in there yeah, oh phew <laughs> There were only a few. There were only a few okay. that I did that to before I snapped out of it. Um, <laughs> but I used to arrange them on my desk, and, and what I would do is I would make kind of like a moving collage out of it. And I would oh, kind nice. of make a story to go along with it where they would, like some characters were fighting other ones like DC and Marvel. And I didn't know who was DC or who was Marvel. Yeah. I would just, based on who looked similar or who looked cool, I would have them on one side against another. And... It was kind of like my early imagination doing little oh. remix with all this stuff. Yeah, children's imagination. Just, it's fantastic. You can't beat it. So that that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you actually started one of the first crossovers ever. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> Multi-genre crossover. Multi yeah. yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's a, well, decades ahead of the, the publishers. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Do, do you remember, like, do you remember, like, some of the main characters that you, you cut out, or? I do, and, and you're going to love this one, too, because uh -huh. I know that you're, you're a major Incredible Hulk fan. Mm. So this issue, I had to look up which issue it was as well, because I always forget. But it was an issue from 1982. It was the Incredible Hulk number 277. And in that issue, Bruce Banner had been kidnapped by the UFOs and was Ooh. powerless. And there was an alien woman by the name of Barit who was hanging around at the time. And she had these little robots that she summoned from her dimensional pouch thing, which there were five of them. And they each had different colors and different shapes. And I was obsessed with these five little robots. They only appeared for one issue because they were meant to distract the UFOs while they rescued Bruce, oh. Bruce Banner. They were just meant to be a, a suicide mission and they were all destroyed. <laughs> but I loved these little robots. It was a Sal uh, Buscema artwork. Oh, nice. Issue. Yep. And yep. they were just fantastic. And I, I cut these little robots out and I made sure to keep them pristine so nothing happened to them. And I obsessed over them for months. And what I did was I, I made up backstories for all of them. I gave them all names and I gave them all different powers. 
and I made these little kind of makeshift comic books and I tried to kind of emulate the artwork in my own little way and it, yeah that's great <laughs> that, that was mean, a definite memory that stuck with me is those yeah. five little robots yeah yeah I mean also as well the um the fact that it, it seems to be a recurring thing um the masters of the universe like the the impact that must have had on so many children um mm. you know and not Definitely. only just as a, an action figure line but to go beyond that as you're saying i think it was a master stroke that they put in those mini comics in i mean i'd wish that they do something like that today it's, it's such mm. a cool idea i mean what I better agree. way to yeah i mean exactly what better way to like let a child know that okay apart from a cool looking figure this is the sort of world and imagination that you can you can foster from it and um yeah it it's it seems to have such a, a big sway on i guess comic book readers as well that, that um although it's such a short run uh short-lived thing the masters of the universe if you think about it i think they they read the zenith and they, then they just basically exploded and within a few years that they were gone um, yeah, it was only like three or four years. Yeah, it was another something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah, very quick. But it seemed as a kid, it seemed like you know you're, you're living right in the thick of it. You know, you had the TV mm, show. Absolutely, you had the yeah. Was fantastic. But it, yeah, it, it's great to hear that that had such an impact on you as well. And of course, oh, the imagination. You can't beat the children's imagination. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, um, yeah, it grabbed me right away, and and I was an only child as well, so I didn't have brothers or sisters to play with. I was a kind of a loner. I didn't have a lot of close friends, so mm -hmm. I that was the world that I immersed myself in was that was comic books and that stuff. Yeah. I just lost myself in it completely, nice. and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, did you um, did you end up? For, oh, sorry, Justin. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh no, I was about to say, did you end up um, kind of finding a? Um, a local uh, an LCS. You end up finding like a, a mecca or, or a place where a lot of like-minded people. Um, not not really. Not as no? a kid. But mm -hmm. but comic books were a lot more ubiquitous then than they are yep. now. You could find them in you know a gas station. You could find them right. You know on a, was, they had spinner racks all over the place. So it, it was easy for me to find just a random Batman issue or a random okay. Superman issue if I wanted to. And you know if I had been good that week as a kid you know i yeah i got little treats so um how about at school yeah, were there any was... any like-minded comic fans at school Not or really was... no no. Yeah. no unfortunately no i i yeah. had a very small school went to school in a small town didn't didn't have a lot of comic book like-minded yeah. friends there were a couple there were a couple that, that yeah. appreciated you know a couple close friends that we yeah. We went up to the the shops, like the actual comic book shops, which were a few cities away, mm -hmm. uh, and made weekend excursions of it when we were in school. It was fun. Those were good mm. memories. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I, mean, yeah. I do I do find it around about that age as well. I mean, we we do sound similar in that regards, just in that, um, yeah. I mean, a level of isolation with with that kind of hobby and love. I mean, uh, mm. there weren't too many. Um, people in my high school until that huge wave of the 90s where you know people in my year who didn't know comics at all somehow had caught wind of of comic books because i, I don't know it was just booming at, 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 that, at that time i remember but yeah, um yeah, but for the most part at school yeah i didn't find there, were, there weren't that many people that 
uh, into comics at all, which is no. yeah, it was yeah. A, a strange. And so we, finding and an LCS. We had about two friends, two two mm -hmm. other friends that were close friends that we were comic book fans, and, right. and those were the friends that went with me to the to the other shops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Did, did you do you eventually? Do you currently have a, a an LCS you go to? I do. I, mm -hmm. There's a, a place called Top Shelf in Bangor, Maine, which Excellent. I go to. Yeah. Love to share out the LCSs. Yep. Absolutely. And they, they have actually supplied me with a lot of my Moon Knight collection over the years, I'm happy to say. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's really good. So, yeah, uh, what I wanted to do, and I'm being very inconsistent with this, is, um, is I'll put them in the show notes. Um, oh, sure. as well. Just, yeah. just uh, you know, try to do a little bit in supporting LCSs as well. I, I really do appreciate what they all do. Um, you know, bringing people who love these sorts of things together and then chatting about it, and of mm. course where you can buy it. So, um, your top shelf—that sounds like a good one. Um, yeah, that's well. a great, great one. Yeah, they, they recently moved locations. They've got a bit more space now. Okay. So when I get a, when I when I get a chance, I still go up there. Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, uh, Samuels, thank you. Thank you. Here's Samuels, oh, uh, Justin. Here's your, here, there's your drink. There's my, oh, mm. thank you. Cheers. It smells quite nice, Justin. This, uh, oh, this little yeah. this dollop that you put in there. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll like this, Ray. It's, uh, okay. it's a special one. <laughs> okay. Well, cheers, Justin. Cheers. <laughs> Down cheers. the hatch. <laughs> yep. That's good. Good. Oh, That's good. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, well, that uh, goes it, down just, just right. Yes. <laughs> So thank you, Samuels, as well. Um, hopefully, um, yeah, I don't smell it on you. So good. Um, mm, maybe yeah, you and, yeah, you've yeah. Been staying out of it. Yeah, excellent. Make excellent. Sure to stay out of it. We we need you functional for the rest of the evening, Samuels. <laughs> exactly. Um, you. If you can check up on Netter as well, that'd be good, Samuel. Thank you very much. And mm, uh, yeah, and no. we did say um, uh, Michael Richards. And uh, and Robert from <laughs> Everybody Loves Raymond. We think that's you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. What what do you think? We'll we'll let you decide which one we we send the casting call. <laughs> oh, he always just grumbles. He grumbles, grumbles, and grizzles. Off he goes. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of Justin, then uh, comic book stores, and of course how you got into comics. Now the big one as well. Like, how did you? How did you get into Moon Knight? I mean, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. and, and I know that that came in a lot earlier uh, in, in mm -hmm. your comic book travails, but yeah, how did, how yes. did that start? That was uh, Marvel Team-Up number 144, mm. uh, Spider-Man and Moon Knight versus uh, the White Dragon. Yes. And I love that issue. That that first opening page with Moon Knight in the rain, and I was hooked. Yes. I said, "This wow. is it. This is my, this is my character. I love this character. I don't even know who he is, what he can do, but that opening scene with him in the rain, and I was hooked right away. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a, that's a really good um, issue. We did review that one, um, and from mm. memory, he has this almost alliance with. Um, some of the members of um, the triad, right? But it's kind of yeah, kind of out it's, of respect. It's like, a really cool gang story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a very cool. I'm always interested to know which issue kind of got people into Moon Knight. Um, um, I think there's someone else who's who's um, who's cited that one as, as their intro. No, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Geez. Um, wow. So hats off to. Apologies, I can't even remember the writer, but that that was a 
an, an unforgettable issue for a lot of people there. And so yeah, what happened? Did you branch that. out? Did you look at like maybe the handbooks or did you start searching for the solo titles? Um, how did it, how did the snowball well, begin? Well, I... I, I didn't see uh, Moon Knight again until The Fist of Khonshu. I, oh, for some yeah. reason, I never found any of the of the uh, the single the, the original series. I never found any of those issues until many years later. Right. I don't know why. I don't know. I think it was because at the time they weren't available in the newsstands. I think it was direct edition only, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If I'm remembering right, yeah. but it, I never saw them. I never saw them on the newsstands or the spinner racks or anything. I, I only saw Moon Knight um, in the guest appearances and in the when Fist of Conchu came out. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, that was definitely what hooked me for sure. Okay, yeah, Fist of Conchu, a very interesting uh, volume in the uh, Moon Knight mm. canon. Um, again, a mm-hmm. lot of people have um, have differing opinions. Um, we may. We may get into that a bit later, Justin. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling we might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, giving too much away. But for those very keen mm. and know their Moon Knight chisel, you will have already picked up um, some of the Easter eggs that we've dropped uh, for what we're referring to. If you're very good, yeah. I mean, geez, you'd have to be a really, really good. Moonlight fan too, pretty subtle. Um, so anyway, Justin, what I wanted to do as well, I was going to ask you then about your not only your DC fandom, but um, I, I know you, you're well read with a lot of other comics um, and, and publications. Mm. Um, I'm thinking mm. maybe we can marry that in because I didn't want to double up because um, what you've actually also given me is uh, a lot of honourable mentions. So um, as mm. is great to hear, it, it's as usual, it's it's pretty hard to cut down to four, right? Um, for your Isla Ra books, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So um, we've had before as well guests that will, you know, say, look, you know, I had to pick four, but there are these other stellar, um, you know, runs here that you just can't not mention. Mm. Uh, so I guess my question to you, Justin, is: um, so what are some of your, I guess, favourite um, characters? Away from Marvel, um, and um, let's just say away mm. from Marvel. So I know you have maybe a few DC ones, um, but maybe we can, mm. I guess, reference some of your honourable mentions because I'm, I'm saying the first one on your list is a um, slightly obscure this one. DC I think. one, yeah, yeah. There's there's some DC and Marvel still on that list too. Yeah, yeah. but really, what happened was, and uh, I collected comics for for almost a decade, pretty much consistently. Mm-hmm. And then in 94 and 95, respectively, there were two quote-unquote events which left a really sour taste in my mouth. Wow. One of them was a DC <clears throat> event, and one of them was a Marvel event. Oh. And after that, I went basically on a hunt for other things to read. <laughs> oh, right, wow. So that really the, the did DC, kind of like... The DC yeah. event was a zero hour. I will mention that. Okay. Was, the DC event was zero hour. And, w- w- and the for Marvel those that... event was uh, Heroes Reborn. Oh, and so you must be enjoying the latest, uh, <laughs> the latest uh, Hero Reborn, Heroes Reborn thing from Marvel. Uh, that's just come out again. Um, wow, oh, so really? Yeah, yeah they, 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 you know how they kind of rehash um, mm, older, mm-hmm. older. Yeah, there's now a, a Heroes Reborn thing again. I've kind of steered clear of it, but um, oh, is it the Rob Liefeld 
illustration yeah. or oh oh um, I, oh I, I don't know these are current titles um yeah so oh, um, oh okay. yeah, yeah yeah they're doing a like a heroes reborn i don't know if it's a crossover event or, or something there's something happening oh. with the current titles at the moment so yeah mm, that would uh, yeah. i'm sure would wet your whistle <laughs> mm, yeah um, well, no. <laughs> no not at all but <laughs> zero hour what so for those that don't know what was that and um and why was that such a bad thing well, I was never a huge Green Lantern fan, so okay. turning Hal, Hal Jordan into a villain didn't bother me so much. It, it was more what they did to some of the other characters. Uh, I was a huge fan of Hawk and Dove. Oh, and yes. Oh, nice. That's a big, a big favorite of mine. So for them to turn Hawk into a psychopathic villain who murdered oh. Dove and went on this wild, crazy piss tear across time and space... Oh. I, it just it upset me on a fundamental level, and then having him also murder um, several members of the Justice Society, who were my who still are my favorite uh, team. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found that to be really horrid, and still do. And yeah, that would that really would have a lot of yeah. I don't have a lot of good things to say about the people that were involved with that still because I think. <sighs> it's some, a really poorly made story, poor, poor execution, poor everything. Yeah, yeah, um, how terrible. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and Heroes Reborn is basically is that basic? Is that like a what if? Is that like an alternate universe? I it seems still to don't be. know what it was, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if anybody who was associated with it at the time remember knows really what knows. it is either. <laughs> yeah, I think that they'd all like to try to forget it. To be honest with oh. you, as well as. Probably the rest of us. Although I'm sure that there are a few fans of, of those out there. Oh, but not for sure. What, what they did was they basically stopped all of the titles that had been running for 30-some-odd years and issued mm. them with brand-new number ones with yeah. Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee doing oh. the artwork. Yeah. Wow. And um, I, wasn't, I was not happy. I wasn't happy no. with any of that. So that yeah. sent me over to other publishers. Yeah, I went yeah. on a quest. And it was it was actually great. I, I in hindsight that was a positive thing because mm -hmm. maybe if it had not been for those two catastrophes, then I wouldn't have gone on the search and found these other ones. That's um, true. But yeah. I, I I love first comics and I'm a huge champion right. of the late the late first comics who ran in, in the eighties. They published three of my favorites, which are Whisper. Mm -hmm. um, which I've mentioned on the show a couple of yes. times, and I'm very happy to say that they're printing a second omnibus of, oh. as we speak. Wow! Yeah, so I'm really happy about that. The collects, I think, another twelve or fourteen issues. Uh -huh. um, so that was from first. Also, they picked up Dread Star um, from Marvel. Right. Oh, okay. Who so that's. Talking about later. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's 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 going on now, still, is it? No, no. These first, were all. Oh, no, these um, were, sorry, first comics is gone, right? Yeah, okay. First comics is yeah, gone. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think in the early nineties, maybe or something okay. like that. Because I've heard, am I wrong? I heard Dread Star's been revived somewhere. Um, maybe. I, I thought Jim oh, Starlin's, oh. Uh, you know, off the back of the success of the MCU and Thanos and stuff I, th I thought he's it may be a re-release of his old stuff I don't know but I'd, I'd I, love to see a, 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 mm. a restart on that yeah but mm. the the other one from first that I loved was Nexus which was uh, 
Mike Barron and Steve Rude. Just so good. So did that did that go into Dark Dark Horse? No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, it, it did. did. Okay. Yep. It did. Okay. Yep. Oh, right. That was first comics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Originally, yeah. They, they're, they're fantastic. I, I'd urge anybody listening to this, if, you, if you're looking for something different to read, check out some of the first stuff. It's, it's all really good. Right. Um, Dark right. Horse, of course, I yeah. loved. Uh, my favorite from Dark Horse was, and still is, Ghost. Oh, um, I've, I've always seen that. I've seen the omnibuses and stuff. So that is, that is what is that kind of, uh, like a pre- what's the premise of that? Um, well, she's intangible and... She's got a pair of guns and she's a badass and she's dead, sort of. And uh-huh. it's <laughs> I can't I can't really describe it in a way that does justice. But I, I was about to I was just imagining you just going, Ray, she's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, well, fair enough. Thanks. <laughs> but she she looks I, cool. I mean I, I know she, I can definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah. Visualize and, her costume and, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and more importantly, the, it's written very well. The the writing is extremely well. The art is always good. The yeah. stories are excellent. Yeah, love yeah. Ghost. Love Ghost. And you, um, I mean, this is on one of your honourable mentions. It, it is the D, a DC one, um, Scarlet, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So from memory, I remember we were chatting about Scarlet. You're saying it was very good. She's just like a, a real kick-ass fighter, right? Well, she she's kind of like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah, before yeah, Buffy yeah. came along, yeah. Yep. And for, for many years, that, that and that still, I think, is my favorite standalone comic series, Scarlet. It's mm-hmm. one that I can pick up and read any time, and I love it every time I read it. Um, that one only ran for fourteen issues, and wow. they actually printed one of my letters in the in the last oh, issue. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Did you sign yeah, it, it off as the owl? <laughs> oh no, no, I wasn't oh. going by that then. Yeah, no. but, but uh, I was, cool. I was really pleased they printed it. Yeah, I love Scarlet. That that was one that grabbed me right away. It has nothing to do with the rest of the DC universe. It was its own self-contained oh, little yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. And just so good, so yeah. witty and so weird and wonderful. Yeah. Much like, um, I guess, like um, some of those Vertigo publications right like mm. sandman where they're just like they're very tangential if not at all with the rest of the universe so right yeah yeah, yeah. and this one could have been a vertigo it could have been a vertigo but it, it, it kind of skirted that line where it wasn't really yeah. quite weird enough or quite esoteric enough oh okay yeah um, right. But I think you would love it, Ray. I really do. I, I, I might give it a go. Yeah. 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 Would it would it make the um because DC have what black label now or something, don't they? Is that a bit more of the yeah? Adult they might to... they might upload it to that. Yeah. Okay. They, I can see them putting some of the horror stuff on that over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess you mentioned. I mean, a lot of the things that drew you into. The comics, uh, of course, I know you, you love the art as well, but the writing mm. is, is an important mm. aspect of it, and and yeah. you do some writing yourself. Um, I do. Yeah. So, uh, was how did this did this inform also um, your introduction into comics, or was it um, was it way before? Like, were you writing before um, you got into comics, or did that come afterwards? Or yeah, how did you come it was about writing? Kind of around the same time, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started writing when I was in third grade, little short stories. Um, you know, it was usually never anything more than ten pages. But yeah, um, 
you know, I write little stories about other things like the, like those five robots from the Incredible Hulk yeah. Yeah. comic book. I, I wrote several little stories about oh, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then as I, a few years later, I was influenced by an author named uh, John Belairs who wrote um, The House of the Clock and Its Walls and that whole series. Oh. And I loved all of his stuff. It really grabbed me. What kind and of genre was that? Sorry, is that a? It's like a young adult, but kind of with a supernatural edge. Okay. A little bit of, a little bit of horror in there. You know, mm-hmm. horror for kids, kind of. And it just—it was everything. Like I said, I've always been obsessed with weird, morbid, scary <laughs> stuff. So, so that really hit the spot for me as a kid. And I spent really all of my grammar school years from from grade. Uh, three on up to eight really reading John Belair's novels until he passed away Um, and he kind of influenced me to start writing longer stories with Mm -hmm. more detailed characters Um, so right now I'm actually working on a novel which I intend to hopefully be my first published work uh, which is called it's tentatively called Derek and the Dusk World Mm-hmm. And it's about a boy who moves with his mom to uh, a little coast, a coastern village mm-hmm. on the coast of Maine, uh, to kind of start to start their lives over anew. And he accidentally stumbles through a portal to another world, mm-hmm. and he becomes embroiled in a conflict with seven different tribes of creatures. And it's a it's kind of a tale about a lot of social stuff. There's a lot of undercurrents and themes in there, but I don't want to give too much of it away. But uh, um, hopefully after the move is finalized later this year and and things start to settle down, I'll be able to get back into it. I've written about uh, about 30% of it, I think. Wow. It always amazes me, like the the process of, I guess, writing a novel because it's such a, you know, it's such a, a big thing basically it's long like you know you have short stories and such which which um for me seems a bit more obtainable to write Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um with just the the scale of a novel um yeah like how do you approach it like do you do you have a whiteboard or something and do you like map out okay this is where like the the beginning middle and end is and and kind of then start refining everything in between or like yeah how, how does it work like uh I get a lot of my ideas from from visual stuff, like like the portal that the boy stumbles through mm-hmm. to the other world is is actually uh, near here. When I go on my walks, I get a lot of ideas. And near near where we live, there's uh, like a little coastal path, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of erosion from years and years of the sea just washing up against this coast. And there are all of these trees that are just lined up along the coast that are basically sagging into the ocean because their 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 roots are all exposed from the earth being eroded away, yeah. and it looks so so kind of otherworldly and unreal that I thought, cool. my word, this looks like a, a gateway to something. Yeah. Um, so it's it's little things like that that kind of kind of grab me. I, I also do a lot of walking at night, and I I kind of get a lot of ideas at night when I'm walking around. With Headphones oh, wow. on, just kind of taking in sights and stuff like, like an, that. Yeah. 
totally understand why you do like Moonlight, though. You know, mm, protecting okay. the travellers of the night. That's you, right. You Absolutely. To, I'm you, one of them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. You're kind of relying on, uh, on old Mark. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, it, it amazes me, that the writing, I guess. It's just, it seems like, it's similar to... Um, you know, say like writing a symphony or something like that. It's something really big. It, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, very admirable that, that you're doing. So yeah, about thirty yeah. percent in. You've probably got hundred gazillion drafts happening. Um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. I, I first yeah. came up with this idea about two years ago, and I've just yeah. been developing it over the last two years. But I have other other stories that I've been working on for over twenty years and developing yeah, over, right. over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about kind of getting the time yep. to sit down and and do it because it's kind of like an engine, you know. Once I get going, I don't want to stop, but I do have to sleep. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, true. And, and so it, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine the momentum once you get that get that momentum as well. You want to cash in mm. as much as you can while you 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 know absolutely right while the iron's yeah. hot. Um, so absolutely. you you mentioned John Blair as well. Um, any other? Um, major influences or, or, or authors that you do love to read? A lot of my favorite authors are actually science fiction authors, believe it mm. or not. Um, Robert Heinlein, I love. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress mm -hmm. um, was a big favorite. Alfred Bester, uh, The Demolished Man is one of my favorite oh, okay. novels. I love that one. And anything, any of the Ray Bradbury Martian Chronicles are, are oh. big favorites. Um, okay. I also have a really big love of Piers Anthony's Incarnations of Immortality series. I think it was seven books. Oh, what's that? Is that, is that modern? Or? No, I, I think that was 80s. 80s, okay. 80s. Yep. Yeah. Maybe mid 80s. Oh, um, but that one, I, I dig that one out every so often and read that one too. All of mm. I'm always up. Oh, yeah, I'm always up for um, hearing what people like to read because like, with science fiction, sci-fi really as well. It's it can be so overwhelming, like the amount of mm. I guess literature mm -hmm. out there as to what to pick and you know what you kind of because yeah. you know so much. Yeah. There's so much, and I'm sure that a lot of it's so good, but you're going to have to choose something. So um, I, I definitely lean on people that, yeah, that would, you know, that say, oh, I, I like reading this, so I might go check those mm. out for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also as well, I mean, like, you are as well have had uh, some chats. I mean, we just talked about that the Moon Knight casting a bit earlier on as well. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, actually, that's what I wanted to ask as well. With your writing, um, so does that branch out into fan fiction or, like, script writing as well? Yeah, I've I've actually thought about writing scripts quite a few mm -hmm. times for for shows and things like that, and yeah. I have I have an idea for for kind of a black comedy a script oh. for a black comedy miniseries that nice. I've been kicking around in my head for a little bit. I'll eventually get that out, um, but yeah, I I would love to get into script writing someday. Absolutely, on, yeah. a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, because I was about to ask just about um, then, I guess, leaning into uh, the comic book TVs and films. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, the... Uh, I guess coming from a, a, a literature side of things, Justin, as being a writer, um, and then mm -hmm. being a big comic book fan as well, if you put side-by-side... 
the on-screen adaptations of what you like to read as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what would you say is kind of like the um, the pros and cons of uh, something on screen as opposed to um, you know reading it the old fashioned say the old fashioned way reading the old floppies in your hand. Um, mm. do, do you prefer one over mm. the other, or do you like both equally? Or I, when I was reading comic books, I always envisioned a day when they would adapt these to to some visual format. Oh yeah, I, I always knew that that was in the long term plan, and I. I've looked forward to to this moment for for a long time when we can mm-hmm. finally watch these on a regular basis and enjoy them like we have been. Um, they've gotten better over the last few years. I didn't like the uh, crop of Netflix shows that was on a few years ago. Um, Iron oh, Fist, okay. the de- yeah. the Defenders, uh, the Punisher. I didn't like that that whole mm-hmm. run, and I didn't even finish watching the Punisher. I, I think I watched the first two or three episodes of that, and I said, "I'm done with that. I oh, can't." Can I say a bit of bit of a hot take? I I was a little bored towards season two. Yeah, yeah so, I thought yeah. it was so lifeless and just turgid and, and, and dull. I, I couldn't take it. Um, and the, and the CW shows as well. I I I had a lot of complaints with those, with the acting, with mm-hmm. the, the soap opera ness of it. With the, <laughs> the CW-ness of it, I like to say, with all the teen angst and nonsense. Yeah. I just, I, I couldn't. I, I, I put a couple of years into those shows and then I dialed out. Yeah. So I can also see, too, uh, some superhero burnout happening because it's just oh. so ubiquitous now. Yeah, I can see people, and, and I don't mean for myself, I just mean yeah. in, in large yeah. I can see because there's so much now on all of the streaming services, on all just all of the platforms. I can easily see it happening, and it's happened before with other cultural and franchise trends when they yeah. kind of do something to death. Eventually, people get bored with it and want something different. Yeah. Um, however, I think the good thing about that is that it will force people like. I was in '94, '95, disgusted with some of some of the options that were available. It forced me to look for other things that were different, that stood out from the pack, and that Sorry. weren't quite so formulaic, maybe, or or so, you know, yeah, unoriginal. That's a, that's a really good approach so I, to, yeah, to think about that. I, yeah. I can see that happening as well, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be silly not to say that. Um, there would be some fatigue sooner, sooner or later, and again for the, I guess the wider populace. I mean, for myself, I'm I'm loving it. You know, mm. I'm like a, I'm like a, a pig in, oh, in mud. <laughs> um, oh, me too. Um, rolling yeah. around, rolling, rolling around, all around day in that mud, snorting and, and carrying on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but I mean, I, I don't know. I'd see stuff like, um, not that I've actually watched, like say Jupiter's Legacy, that sort of stuff. Um, even the mm-hmm. boys um, and Watchmen, which were, which are great TV shows and stuff, but you see them starting to really mm-hmm. bend the conventional uh, interpretation of, of a comic book and, and superheroes because I, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to obviously stretch it and make things more interesting rather than your MCU yeah. or your DCU. So yeah. that can only take you so far as well until exactly. you know the, yeah, exactly. the main. Uh, what do you call mainstream? We'll just go. Oh gosh, is there enough mm-hmm. of this already? You know, um, yeah. and the yeah. fact that we're getting such big stars. I mean, being part of the comic book uh, industry um, mm-hmm. shows that 
how successful and entrenched it's been. But that can again only last for so long. I'm sure actors won't absolutely <laughs> won't want to play. Yeah, right. Oh, definitely. They're going to have to reboot times. things at some point. Yeah. yeah. Once somebody gets to be in their 60s, they're not going to want to put. That oh, oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, this... I, I'd like to see more indie character movies too. I mean, we saw that Bloodshot. <laughs> we, I oh, mean, yeah, Bloodshot. Yeah. We 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 need more of those. We need yes. more Dark Horse character we more valiant we need, i'd love to see some first characters turn oh, that'd into be good. movies that'd be good yeah um, i mean yeah yes sorry justin i was snickering but the moment you said that the first thing that came into my head was pamela anderson's barbed wire i don't know why <laughs> i just like oh do we need this oh yeah we we don't we don't need that no <laughs> But, no, we um, don't need that. No, not at all. But no. No, I, I totally well, some it. people, some people need that. Some, some people, people need, need that. Some people but crave it. They, they can, <laughs> they can dig up their, their VHS for that. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, no, totally on board with what you're saying as well. Um, it'd be good to see like these slightly different characters. But the only the, the risk of that, I think, as well, um, Justin, is that. Again, much of the allure for the mainstream would be the legacy characters, you know, because they know them in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, how invested yeah. would they be in a bloodshot? It's like, here's this Vin Diesel, I mean, what the hell is... Oh, oh, this is another superhero. Uh, this is just my kind of... I'm putting on my pessimistic hat yeah. on. But it would... For, for right. comic fans like... Be, yeah. yeah, but comic fans like us would be very interested to see these, uh, mm. these lower-tier characters, so to speak, or, or not well-known. Uh, for sure, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's an indie, uh, actually from the '80s, uh, late '80s, early '90s, called Hero Alliance, and it was oh. from a publisher called Innovation, and okay. that was a great series. And and as I was reading that, I thought this could translate extremely well to nice. a superhero series or film because mm-hmm. it deals with the superhero genre in a very serious, adult, and literal way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does it very intelligently and with class. So yeah. I, you know, I think that if they, if a lot of the producers out there, if they, you know, were bold enough, they could look and and find some of the stuff to adapt that currently exists that doesn't have to be strung out of nowhere. That, that yeah. they can adapt this material. It's it's readily available and it's great. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, again. Uh... I started watching, and, and only because it's unavailable here in Australia, it, it's hard to just you know, continually, shall I say, sail the high seas um, to get the copies. But uh, mm-hmm. even stuff like Great Rocker's mm-hmm. Stumptown, which is based on a comic book uh, with Kobe Smulders, mm. it's like a, it's just a very mm-hmm. down to earth. She's kind of like a detective or ex, you know, ex soldier. Um, I mean, those sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, um, you could you could just lean on because you've got the material there, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, someone in a cape or something like that. But there, I mean, there's 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 plenty of right. um, source material out there too. Um, mm, well, uh, I wanted to ask actually, Justin, maybe before before we get into your honourable mentions, um, because I, I know some of the mm-hmm. uh, the loons will be keen on that. I wanted to kind of throw a little bit of a curveball to you, a little bit of a uh, a an ecos versus oh, wackos yeah. softball match curveball at you. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I love that! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, what what skill or hobby? Um, I'll, I'll throw this up to you. Um, would you be really into that? Um, people like in the ITK community, at least, would not really be privy to or not know about. Like, are you uh, are you a massive well, sports fan? Are you um, well, a painter? Couple, Sorry. 
No, no, I'm not in sports at all. Um, for years, I've had a hobby where, in my free time, when I have it, I produce electronic music. I have uh, some digital software and an old drum machine. That some friends, some great friends, bought bought for me as a birthday gift a year, a few years yeah. back. Um, just some some basic stuff, but I've been tinkering around with that for years, and I have a bunch of stuff that's not really even close to being completed, but some of it ah, is. Um, nice. And I eventually I might release some of it someday. I have a few albums that I've been working on. They're cool. kind of like concept album. And and it should be noted too that I can't read music. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing this stuff. I'm just I'm tinkering around with sounds and textures yeah. and atmospheres and samples, yeah. and I'm layering sounds on top of each other. All you need is your ear. Yeah, all you need is your ear. So Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I can't I can't read a lick of music. It all looks oh. like Mandarin Chinese to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay. I've done that for years. And another hobby too. Another thing I'd like to mention too is yeah. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. Oh, nice! And so every year on his birthday, I treat myself to a different David Bowie-related item, whether oh. it's a, a, a CD of his that I don't have yet, or a, a concert film I don't have, or a T-shirt, you know, or some, yeah. something related to him, or a poster, or whatever. I buy at least once a year, if not twice a year, I buy something oh, David nice. Bowie-related from my collection. I have quite a nice collection I've amassed over the last twenty some odd years. Wow, yeah. oh, nice one. Well, yeah, I mean that's something that I certainly did not know, but that's a very cool fact as well. Um, I got an inkling about that electronic music, Justin. You made mention, I think it was on Tomes of Evil with Russell. You were talking oh. about um, an ad uh, in in a comic book that you you were really chuffed about oh, because it was yes. of your favorite band and they were this really obscure right. well i don't know if they are but an obscure electronic band um, yes yeah, yeah when, when it was an issue of the specter from, the specter, from yeah. 1993 and my favorite band yeah is front 242 they're one of the first electronic bands they're from belgium right. and uh there they had a, they had two albums that out that year and one of them they, they had an ad for it in that comic book and I was so excited <laughs> it was so rare to see an ad for for their music in anything let alone a comic book yeah so, well, it was one, one of my favorites too so that's so, that's so yeah. cool yeah oh yeah. wow so electronic music as well Justin far out very very I'd love to hear some of it I mean I'm, I'm not sure if oh yeah I'll, I'll share some of it when I've when I've got it appropriately polished up I'll, I'll share some okay. of it with you yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. No, no, let's let's do it. Um, now, finally, before we do make our way down, uh, I thought, Justin, would be good to, to just, you know, give you the tour of the mansion. I was going to take you down to oh, the moon, moon Cave. But before mm. we do that, I just wanted to go through your honourable mentions. Um, sure, yeah. So these, uh, I don't want to say didn't make the cut of your top four, but um, they're mm. really right up there. The, the ones that you had to jettison mm. because yeah. you could only be four. You know. It was tough. Uh, yeah. So the first one we did make mention before, um, just uh, recent, just just then, uh, Scarlet. So number one, Blood mm. of Innocence, nineteen ninety two. Um, again, highly recommended from you, Justin. Um, yeah, I love this. This was one that, and I, I made mention too when I was on Terms of Evil that I, I would usually gauge how much I loved a comic book by if when I was finished reading it for the first time, if I immediately went back and started reading it again. From oh, the fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I did that with this one. And I read it over and over again. And I just loved it. I loved everything about it. It was so dark. It was so weird. It set the tone for a great story without giving too much away. It, it mm -hmm. had a lot of mystery. It asked a lot of questions. Yeah. The dialogue was was fantastic. The characters were original and unique. I just I loved it. And still, like like I said, I dig that out. And, and yeah, I mean that's testament to an issue one. I guess in general, it has to have that that wow factor, that thing to kind mm -hmm. of draw you in. Uh, as you mentioned, um, it would have to set things up. Uh, mm -hmm. But you, it, it's really kind of. Um, kind of make or break um, because you're, mm -hmm. you're trying to get some some readers in on the series and you yep. want to kind of show your best face uh but yeah that sounds great uh, i can see though how it how it didn't catch on though i i really oh. can because there's not a lot of action in this first issue okay. it's a lot of intrigue it's a lot of character set up yeah you know there's a whole there's one whole page where it's a bunch of teenagers at a party acting stupid you know it's it's a yeah. lot of uh, basically you you are introduced to these characters and they kind of make you care about them a little bit um so it is it's more about the characters than the action in the first issue so i can yeah. see how it went over some people's heads that were looking for you know a really exciting slash them oh, yeah. up first issue but oh yeah, yeah absolutely as well it. i guess that that kind of um you know separates the wheat from the chaff so to speak mm, um true. so for those that are on board you know, with yeah. that first issue, yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, yeah. Now we have, oh no, actually, there's there's another DC one, um, but we have ooh, the Supernatural again here, Justin. You've got mm -hmm. Ghost Rider Volume Two, Number One, Life's Blood. Now this is Danny Ketch, right? Yes, mm -hmm. the first issue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah the one with the motorbike. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah that was another one I read over and over and over again. Um, how that, that I, so good. Yeah, so good. I, I love that you interviewed him and Terry mm. Kavanaugh together. That was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I loved Ghost Rider. That uh, I was at that age. I think it was eleven or twelve when that came out, and that was perfect for me. You know, that was great. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah I loved uh, all the, the scary supernaturals. Yeah, that was something that had been missing from Marvel. I think for years was a scary, like supernatural themed. Yeah. It's still, it still is a bit lacking, isn't it? I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, me and Russell talked about that too. We, we uh, yeah, on, it's it's something that's missing. Yeah, it's I don't know yeah. why, but hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully like, with Morbius uh, on the screen mm. and we're getting Blade. Um, but, yeah, that's and Doctor stuff. Strange in the Multiverse Do of yes. Madness. I think that if if that's going to be a Sam Raimi production and, and straight up horror, that that's a perfect gateway for right. Marvel to do that. Yeah, I love Sam Raimi stuff. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, now, this big one, I'm actually really, I'm looking forward to it. I've recently picked it up on Epic Collection. It's very hard to find, so I ended up ordering it from Malaysia. Um, it's uh, Captain America: The Bloodstone Hunt. Oh yes, yeah. Now, I've yeah, heard yeah. many I good things about, about this. Recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this has to do with um, is it Ulysses Bloodstone, right? It's a, mm -hmm. the, the father of uh, Elsa. Um, she's Correct. one of my favorite characters. I love Elsa Bloodstone. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because the monster, the whole monster hunting thing is mm. really is really cool. But um, this has been singled out by a lot of people um, as being a really, really good uh, run uh, or, or series mm -hmm. arc uh, from mm -hmm. Captain America. Mark Grunewald, is it? It is. It's Mark Grunewald and Kyron Dwyer. I think I'm pronouncing the name right oh yeah 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 i, I recognize um, the name from the yeah. yeah 
Um, and it was a bi-weekly. It was one of those lovely summer bi-weeklies that came out every other week. And uh, I just, it was, it grabbed me so much. I was collecting Captain America at the time regularly. Yeah. But when this came along, it just, it made me so much a fan. And still to this day, I can't say enough good things about it. It's just, it's a, it's a classic Captain America globetrotting adventure cool. with super villains and, and weird locales and high adventure and... Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's great. It's classic Captain America at its truly, its fundamental best. It's got the, um, is the Red Skull part of it as well? No, no it's Baron Zemo. Oh, Baron Zemo. Okay, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, oh, another classic. Um, yeah, yeah. And we go back into, well, speaking about the Spectre with, you know, when you mentioned that mm. with Russell, uh, mm-hmm. on Terms of Evil, Spectre, Volume 3, Issue 12, Final Fate. Yeah, um, I think I read this yeah. one. Russell actually gave me this. Um, yes, you have the trade paperback, I think, yeah. don't you? Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The um, it's really, really cool. Uh, and, and I remember I'd, I'd listened to uh, Sentinels of the Supernatural. Is that the mm. yes, yes. yes. Um, a little shout out to Tomes of Evil, uh, where Justin guested on with with Russell. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, this whole run, Russell, I guess, it's hard to pick which, which issue, right? But it, issue 12 kind of yeah. mm, culminated in um, big things, right? Uh, as it, Modus and the death of... Um, yeah, a- Amy Biderman. Biederman, <laughs> uh, uh, rather. She, yeah, her story was so tragic and so yeah. sad. And, Terrible. And just the, the way that everything culminated, the way that everything resolved in that issue, I just, that was an issue I remember. I cried after I read it. I started yeah. ugly crying, and my mom was like, are you all right? What's wrong with you? And I'm like, this is comic book. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it just, I, I had been following the story for a year. And this yeah. was issue number 12. Mm. And I'd been following Amy's story for a year, and I, and I had grown to really adore her character. And and just the way that she passed was so sad mm. and so tragic. And, and here you have a, a, a character, the Spectre, who is so immensely powerful yeah. and probably one of the most powerful beings in the, in the DC canon. And he couldn't save the life of the woman he loved. No. It's, it's it's such a tragic story. It made me cry so much, and that's why I edited it in there because it, out of out of all the comic books, I, I think of that one when I think of ones that have provoked an emotional reaction from mm. me. You know? Yeah, I mean, and she was all kind of almost all alone in in that mm. alleyway, yeah, just um, bleeding out in the rain. It was. Oh, mm. yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine. Also, as well, Justin, like it must have been such an impact on you because uh, I, I read it obviously all in one big gobble. You know, because uh, mm. issue after, but to have it drawn out after a whole year, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and have that kind of serialized in that sense, that would have been such yeah. a um, such an awesome experience. Yeah, it really was. It was powerful, and that's why mm. I loved it so much, and that's why I loved that that whole series so much because it is powerful. It, it makes you mm. think. It makes you feel. It's 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 the best. It's the best of. Comic books, it's, yeah. you know, it's not short of of, um, of graphic violence as, as well. I just I've mm-hmm. got a, an image mm-hmm. of a, a guy being pinned up against a wall. Um, oh yeah, the one yeah. that you probably know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved all the visuals. Yeah. 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 Oh, great, Mandrake, really good. Tom, really good. The great Tom Mandrake, absolutely. Mm. Um, and finally, we have the art. You can't not do something. I know, I've got double negatives without. Mutants in it, so the Uncanny mm-hmm. X Men 
annual 12 resurrection i'm i'm not sure i'm, I'm aware of this one is this this yeah, is before atlantis this, attacks right yeah this was yeah. a year before that this was okay. the evolutionary war actually Ah, oh, okay yeah yeah and the thing that got me was not only the story which was fantastic but it was yeah. the artwork here oh. we have the incomparable art adams um inked by the also stellar terry austin and when Ooh. you have an, an artist of, of Art Adams caliber who already makes extremely detailed artwork, and then you have an inker like Terry Austin who accentuates extremely detailed artwork, each page was a visual feast. And I remember just sitting there looking at each page with my jaw and like, oh my god, this artwork is amazing. Oh, wow. It was the yeah. first time I'd ever seen Art Adams stuff. And I just I loved it. And then we had a backup story. And you, I remember that you you're a Mojo fan, right? right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you'd love it because there's a backup also with with artwork by Arthur Adams, oh. and it's the X Babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, on on so Mojo just, World, or? yeah. Yeah, on Mojo World, yeah. yeah. And and I just I loved how crazy that was to throw that in after this this story. And yeah. that X-Men annual, I should also mention, had the X-Men in the Savage Land fighting Terminus, this the gigantic alien. So it, oh, it, was, it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, and at one point there was, and I don't want to spoil too much because you have to read it to see it, but there's a one point where there's a giant wolf with a ship on the back of it getting into a fight with this gigantic robot with a with a laser staff and oh. it's just i just loved it in 1988 i read that over and over and over and over again wow, wow. <laughs> that sounds good yeah <laughs> um, decidedly very uh yeah very um uh, extravagant um, mm. with the yes. x-men stuff yeah. fantastical yes yes fantastical that's even better um yeah. Well, I mean, those are the honourable mentions. Um, we will get into uh, your your top four, the pick mm. of the, the the cream of the crop. Um, yes. But before that, Justin, I thought like if you, if you'd finished um, your beverage, I, I've um, mm. I finished a mightily um, satisfying. Um, I thought I'd just you know because you know we kind of got into this um, this chat really straight away, so I wanted to show you around a little bit of the Grant Mansion. Mm -hmm. um, yes, please do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling a, it's a bit, a bit lightheaded. I, I don't know what I put that down mm. to, but anyway, um, oh, why don't well. we? <laughs> why don't we? Um, just I'll just go. We'll just go through this door here. I'll take you down to the um, the Moon Cave. Look after you, Justin, down these stairs. Oh. Oh, lovely! Yes, yeah. Oh, as you, um, very well lit. Very well lit. It's well like lit. That. Yeah, yeah. It's um a little bit cold, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get the heating done. Oh, um, oh, feeling feeling a little bit woozy. I don't know about you, Justin. Are you okay? Oh no, I I'm all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, here we go. This is this is it. Voila! Uh, this is the the moon cave, as you can see. Oh, I love it. Yeah, oh, a lot fantastic. of um, costumes in um, in huge glass cabinets. Mm. Um, we've got the various Moon Knight ones there, Mark's out. Well, the limo's out. Um, it's oh, yeah, he's out. He's, he's out, 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 out on the out town. Doing, yeah. doing a bit of shopping. Oh. Uh, but the, the, the moon jets and stuff, there you go, you can see. Um, I see the staff over there in the case. I might make that. Oh, yeah, take that stuff. Well, I think he's rich, isn't he? I mean, let's just... I know, let's he can just... buy another one. He's probably <laughs> got a dozen of them somewhere back in storage anyway. <laughs> 
Uh, Justin Oliver, this is a bit weird. Um, pardon me if I'm a little bit rude, but uh, you've grown a, another couple of sets of eyes. Is that is that normal? Oh, oh, my friends have joined us. Yes. Oh, hello there. Yeah. Um, there's three owls with us now. You might have noticed them kind yeah. of flying in with us. Yeah. There's a, a snowy owl. Her name uh -huh. is Sibylle. Oh, yeah. awesome. there's, uh, there's a barn owl oh. named Magenta. Magenta with a J. They made sure to, to tell me that. Oh, yeah. Magenta. Hi, Magenta. How are you? And um, there's a great horned owl over there looking rather stern. And his name is Agamemnon. Oh, oh Aggie. <laughs> yeah, Aggie. He likes that. Yeah, Aggie. Yeah. Wow, they—I don't know. These owls look a bit, a bit spooky. But well, this is this is great. Um, I don't know what their eyes are doing, but they—they're oh. transfixed. There's a there's a bit of a glow happening, but I, I've seen this happen before. It's it's normal. It's normal. Oh. Just go with it, man. Oh, okay, okay. I let it let it wash over me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but... it's all right. It's not harmful. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I mean, before they illuminate the whole cave. Uh, Loony listeners will be right back after a short break to go into Justin's top four Islara books. Catch you then. How did you know what was happening to me? How did you know who I am? <laughs> Hello, Tomes of Evil listeners. Allow us to introduce our first Patreon-exclusive show, The Weeds of Crime, The Shadow in Comics. I am Russell, and with my host, Justin the Owl Osgood, we will take you on a journey through the shadow's life in comics. So that just begs the question, who knows, who knows, who knows? Shadowed accident stole his sight, but incredibly, it endowed young Matt Murdock with radar vision and heightened senses. Armed only with his athletic prowess, billy club, and indomitable courage, Matt battles injustice as a crimson-clad gladiator known as Daredevil. Are you a fan of Daredevil, the man without fear? Then join me and my co-host, Lil Hellfire, every two weeks on the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast for the devil you know, the Daredevil podcast. 
Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 211, Legs 11. It's an Isla Ra Sessions, and I am with the indelible Justin, the owl. Osgood, Justin, how are things going? Oh, great. How about yourself, Ray? You're not feeling dizzy or lightheaded, I hope. I'm feeling a little bit better now, but um, Justin, this is really weird. I could have sworn we're in the moon cave, um, Mm. but we're in, in some sort of tower. Yeah, and you might have noticed, too, that things are kind of M.C. Escher-like in here, where yeah. it may look like we're sitting on the ceiling. Yeah, I thought um, I thought there was something a little bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was we, just the, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to welcome demo. you to the Tower of Fate. Wow, this is awesome. Thank yeah. you. This is, this is a great setting, Justin, a fantastic setting. What better way to get into your number four ranked <laughs> ranked book um uh, where, where are where are the other owls by the way are they i thought they oh they're, they're still flying around they're still flying yeah, around i would imagine though in in this place there's something that's caught their attention or, or probably a few dozen things that have caught their right. attention and, and i'm sure there's some shiny things that they've got to go ah uh, yes or yeah. the odd dormouse that sort of stuff mm, indeed, yes yeah um, but listeners, we are in uh, this fantastical place uh, because number four, for Justin's, Justin, you picked All-Star Squadron number 47 and the, the title will give it away, The Secret Origin of Dr. Fate. So, um, yeah, you picked this book. Um, why? I think I know why, but um, for the listeners out there, why, why this issue in particular? Well, this is the issue that made me a fan of Dr. Fate, who is my mm-hmm. favorite DC character, my favorite DC hero, where Moon Knight's my favorite Marvel one. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the the look of the character. And from that cover, I mean, with, with him center, with the onk, it just grabbed my attention right away. And I thought, who is this? I've got to read this. So um, it I just love everything about it. I love the look of the character, his powers. I loved how, how powerful he was. Yeah, look at um, that, please. Yeah, and, and what a great origin, too. I mean, it basically he goes through his um, origin. He's telling the whole issue is him telling his origin to, to some of his teammates yeah. years later. Um, so, so there's a... A, like a potential thing because I, I I had been following obviously I haven't been following the All Star Squadron. He's he's changed a little, has he? he he's kind of lost um, the original power he had. Yeah, yeah. There were well, I I, I recently got the the Doctor Fate uh, Golden Age archives, which was one of nice. my white whales that I had been oh. wanting for many years, and I was so so happy to get it. Uh, but but what happened is yeah, they changed Doctor Fate in the forties. They made him less of a sorceress character, less of mm-hmm. a magic wielder, and more of like a Superman pastiche. And that oh. was when they reduced his helmet to kind of the half mask, uh-huh. and his powers were greatly diminished. He was—he just basically flew around. He was super strong and invulnerable. Mm. Like I said, he was basically a Superman pastiche. Yeah. Um, the the wonderful Roy Thomas, who wrote this issue. Um, later fixed that and oh, came good. up with a whole story about why that happened. Um, 
and it, it just worked out really good. And, and Roy Thomas, you know, has such an obvious and loving care spent on each of these Golden Age characters in the All Star Squadron. Um, he made them interesting and appealing, you know, more than 40 years later to a new generation of comic book fans. And I was definitely one of them. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly a very, he's certainly a very interesting character. You've actually got me into Dr. Fate as well. I mean, I haven't oh, great. Invest, yeah, I haven't explored anything yet, but I just love this, this issue. Um, his power set was, um, it was basically at a molecular level, right? I mean, so he was mm. very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I just, <clears throat> pardon me. I just love the whole um, uh, Naboo, and 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 I didn't oh, realize yeah. how much akin it was to a lot of the Egyptian gods. Like uh, mm-hmm. you may have told me before, but like yeah, he cites you know Anubis and and um, I think Set as well and mm-hmm. uh, Osiris, and I just love it. I think it's great, um, and yeah. his origin is really cool as well. Like, I think I find the whole Naboo thing quite quite cool. Yeah, it's cool that l- later on in, in the mythology, they made Nabu be uh, one of the wizards who was in the court of Ramesses II. And, um, right. And he had been around. And it, it, at some point, I think he had been worshipped too as a deity. But he was actually one of the lords of order who was an extra-dimensional being, exiled to Earth thousands of years earlier from that. Right. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was it's, it's such a cool, um, cool issue. I had to kind of smirk a little at um, the introduction of, I guess it's his love interest. Um, oh, Inza, Inza, Inza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's um, she seems to be for all intents and purposes a college student, um, just kind mm. of wandering <laughs> through, and she stumbles upon. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the guy's name. Uh, the the main. Sorry, Wotan. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a couple of jibes about his his uh, skin complexion, that sort of thing. <laughs> Very funny, and, and like she's kind of, um, you know, understandably scantily clad, like you know, she's mm, all she's torn up and torn yeah. Up, so. yeah. Um, he, he even refers to her as a putrid piece of pale fle- female flesh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but but the battle between Doctor Fate and Wotan was was great. Um, yes, uh, yeah. I, I, I really did like it. I, I I was quite enthralled with this issue. Um, you told me a bit a bit about the JSA uh, as well as Russell. Um, I guess you 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 both are, are pitching it, and it's quite they're quite it's uh, sorry it's quite an interesting group. Um, I was a little disappointed. I didn't see like the spectre there in this issue, or or, um, or Wildcat, because <laughs> mm, oh yeah, <laughs> I've heard that they're pretty cool. Um, oh, but, definitely, yeah, yeah. But Starman in in uh, the JSA is pretty cool with um mm-hmm. with Doctor Fate. Um, so you oh, know, yeah, this was yeah. a yeah, no, very very uh, very cool um, issue as well. So nineteen eighty five, Roy Thomas, as you said, the art's really good. Um, the costume, I think, is great. That blue and blue and gold. Um, yeah, r- really good, really good stuff. And we should also remark on who the artist is. Oh, uh, hang on. I, sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Who is it? Um, Todd McFarlane. Oh, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Um, I didn't know whether he did the whole thing or not, right? Or did he do bits well, of he it? Did the, he did the whole feature. The, it was a different artist on the first and last page, but for the whole sequence that oh, was the origin you, of Dr. Fate, it was Todd McFarlane. And to be tell. honest with you, Ray, I yeah. didn't even remember yeah. that until years later when I when I 
because I had read this issue so much, it was destroyed. I had to read. I had to buy another copy. And I forgot. What are you doing to your comics? I know. I know. I know. (laughs) It's it's shameful. I know. It's shameful. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to. I had to purchase it again, and I had honestly forgotten that Todd McFarland did the artwork. And I think it's my favorite of his artwork. It's one of his earliest, I think, if not. Maybe it's a little bit more modest, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Hyper detailed. Definitely. He lost me in the nineties when when they did the, the adjectiveless Spider Man series. When that started, I was I was all set. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit um put off by it because that darker mm-hmm. kind of edge to it. I, I did yeah. like his earlier uh ASM, Amazing Spider Man stuff. Yes, um, definitely. But the yeah. earlier stuff was, was great, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I love early early Todd McFarlane. Mm. He also did a, another uh title for dc called infinity incorporated okay. his artwork and that was very good as well yeah i oh, love wow. this love this todd mcfarland issue it kind of it kind of reminds me of um in moon knight uh, one of the backup stories there's a, a very early mark silvestri um, yes. and you could yes. not tell yeah you couldn't tell it's him like you know again that's it's, true um, that's very true very, yeah before he kind of got into his own style but yeah this, mm-hmm. this seems to be very similar as well yeah um yeah, so I mean, yeah, a really good issue. Uh, highly, I mean, highly recommend it for for people interested in that kind of supernatural, oh, magical elements. Mm-hmm. Um, magical, yeah, I would say kind of magical mixed with the superhero. A yeah. Bit. Yeah. yeah, I'm keen to see him kind of throw down against like in in other scenarios as well. I mean, it was nice with with Wotan, but like a bit later on, um, mm. I guess how he's how he's handled as a as a um, comic book character, mm-hmm. um, very intriguing mm-hmm. indeed. Um, so, Justin, I we are here in the Tower of Fate. It is a bit weird. Um, mm. It's a bit musty as well. I, I apologize for that. It's a it's. It's hard mm-hmm. to get a cleaning person in here, I think. Probably. Oh, they yeah. Get, they get it's... lost so easily. They probably turn into a skeleton before they find the, the clean <laughs> closet. They'll probably fall, fall over, like walking upside down, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I see I've, I see. Um, one of the, the owls have, have returned. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, hi there. It looks like Agamemnon. And I think, Agamemnon. Oh, yeah. His eyes are glowing a little oh. bit. Yeah, looks... Oh, my gosh. Oh, are... it looks like we're going to move on oh oh a bit of a thing a bit of a wibbly wobbly happening hang mm. on justin hopefully we'll the wave will, will pass I, I think it'll be fine i think it'll be fine <laughs> well well justin that was a, a weird sensation uh, Agamemnon, what a strange, strange bird indeed. Mm, um, the great horned owl. He, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not much of a talker, but yeah. <laughs> but he he you know packs a punch. Um, yeah. I feel a, a little bit more well grounded now, Justin. You can probably hear there's a bit more of a slight echo here. Um, mm. We are in another tower of sorts. Um, yeah, and, and you can probably, if you listen close, you can probably hear the crash of the surf outside. Yeah, little little bit chilly too, a bit of a spray mm. um, yeah. coming yeah. through. Um, we're, in and a, Justin, we're in a light tower off the coast of England. Yeah, amazing. Oh, you know, we were in Grant Mansion, now we were in the Tower of Fate. A bit odd, a bit weird, a bit surreal, and now we're in the lighthouse. 
Um, mm. This must herald in your next comic book, um, Justin. And uh, I'm proud to say, uh, for, or actually, how, how about you reveal? You reveal this uh, awesome, actually, edition. Oh, sure. Yeah, this is uh, Excalibur special edition from 1987 uh, called The Sword is Drawn. Yeah, fantastic. I'm so glad that I, I double-checked. I'm, I'm glad that you gave me the link, Justin, because I was about to just dive into Excalibur, number one, which I think... Number um, one. Yeah. But um, this came, That came shortly after this. This is basically the, the introduction of the group. Yes. Yes. Kind of like the springboard that launched the series. Yeah. A really cool... Uh, I've always loved Excalibur. Um, I only say that the fleeting knowledge I have of it during the 90s, because, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Nightcrawler. But what made you um, uh, choose this as one of your books for, for the Isle of Ra? Well, it's one that, again, that I just love reading anytime. Anytime I can pick this out and read it from beginning to end and always be happy. And it's just such a well self-contained story in and of itself. The artwork is fantastic. Um, I just love everything about it. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine living without this, this issue. Yeah. Yeah. This is, if I'm mistaken, um, Chris Claremont, Alan Davis, right? Mm, yes. 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 And Paul, Paul Neary on the inks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really fun. You do get a such a, a nice introduction to all the characters and how they kind of eventually all come together. Uh, not some of them, not as um, you know, well defined. Say, for instance, Megan, um, mm. who you only get like a, a sense of what she is. Uh, she's a mutant, yeah. but she seems she seems to be able to to change herself. Um, known as a fairy and that sort of stuff. Shapeshifter, yeah. yeah. Shapeshifter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Captain Britain, he's in a, um, a bit of a stupor um, from, mm. from the events that had happened, particularly with the X-Men. I mean, this is the, around the era where the X-Men are dead. Exactly, basically. yeah. And that was another reason I loved this too, is because it's a bit of a time capsule and the, there was a lot of things, major things that had just mm-hmm. happened. This was in the aftermath of the big mutant massacre event yes. which, was, which was a huge deal at the time and um, so here we had Shadowcat and Nightcrawler who were kind of the only survivors of that yeah. Yeah. Um, or so they thought anyway at the time yeah. um, and Captain Britain of course is also in mourning because his sister Psylocke was among the mm-hmm. X-Men who were thought to be perished so yeah yeah Exactly, um, and, and also on top of that as well, you've got that condition that Shadowcat <clears throat> has um, mm. where it's almost like the reverse. She has to really concentrate to yes. gain a tangible form. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. she's literally just kind of a ghost, um, you know, floating through. And I remember reading that, uh, and uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't be able to tell you whether it's before or after, but it, it must be around the same time. Um, uh, was uh, is it X Men X Men versus Fantastic Four? Um, I think Ooh, that was it. Or the X X Men? Yeah, X Men versus the Fantastic Four. Um, she was put into some sort of stasis because she was really disappearing. Like she was. Oh. So it may have come a bit after, maybe. Um, mm. But I like I like that little arc with Shadow Cat. So she's got her own thing going on, which mm-hmm. is um, a bit of a a bit of an issue for her. Um, yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And um, I'd love the villains in the, well, if you can yes. call them the villains, so cool. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, I love them, yes. 
really takes a cosmic turn. Like, um, mm. um, I, my standout for me is Body Bag. Geek Crasher in the Tech Net. They just that yes, that was another thing that sealed, sealed this for me was Geek Crasher in the Tech Net. What a what a bunch of weird, crazy characters and so Very unique cool. too. Unique in, cool. in both their look and their their abilities. Yeah, uh, they've got like a, almost a, a kooky kind of look to them, but they're they're yeah, quite formidable. Um, definitely, they look kooky, but they're they're yeah quite powerful. Yeah. Um, so again, for listeners um, who have yet to delve into this, um, say for instance, body bag um, secretes this resin that is like a um, paralyzing agent, and uh, then he literally ingests the the people. So he does for uh, for Rachel. Uh, he does for Shadow Cat, and he does for I can't remember. He tries the third one. Um, I think it was uh, Phoenix. He tried to get yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're they're stuck in these like translucent, like disgusting bubbles at the back of his sacks. Yeah. yeah, the sacks. Yeah, full of liquid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's hor- It's horror. Like that's it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's terribly yeah. gross. Yeah. Um, and then you have the other ones. There was uh, just off the top, uh, China Doll. She was quite interesting, like a serpentine yeah. thing, and she could um, shrink. Min- I think shrink miniaturize people, people. Yeah. miniaturize people. And then there's this floating baby, um, which I found quite um, horrific as well. And he chases down Shadowcat, and he, he can amplify your your darkest desires or something, but in a really twisted way. So he yeah, yeah, yeah he makes kind of your desires reality, but not in the way that you'd expect. Yeah. And so where Shadowcat wanted to be solid, yes. he made her solid, but he also made her morbidly obese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so she's kind of stuck sitting on the ground, like with a, <laughs> yeah. a stupid look on her face. Um, yeah. Was, yeah, it's a really strange stuff. Um, <laughs> and then you have like, these other ones. I think there's a ring ring person had like energetic rings, stuff like that. So Yeah, ring um, toss. Yeah, I think it was ring toss. and Ring toss, and, yeah. Yeah, wax work that made people kind of like a malleable... Oh, yes. That was a weird... Um, yeah. a weird alien-looking globule um, yeah. with, like, yeah. mandibles or tendrils or something. And, yeah, yeah he gets to Megan. And um, can I ask, Justin, sorry, is it Megan or Megan? I, I think it's Megan. I Megan, think. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always get those mixed, mixed up megan but he touches her and she becomes almost like mr fantastic yeah <laughs> a big pile of goo yeah 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 and i yeah. really enjoyed that actually <laughs> to yeah. be honest it was, it was great yeah yeah um so this but this was like a, a super kind of a super sized issue as well there was a, mm. a um uh kind of thing at the like in the background like rachel was telepathically trying to um to send a message to because to, uh, Kurt, Nightcrawler, and Shadowcat both had the same dream. It's all about mm-hmm. um, that really, again, a bit of a, a scary thing of the X-Men on set. Um, mm, and we're opening a great nightmare in the beginning. Yeah, with Professor yeah. X as the director mm-hmm. um, and Kitty's trying to talk to everyone, but they don't quite seem to be who they are and then mm-hmm. they kind of... Surrealist, uh, surrealist, surrealistically, I guess, um, <laughs> turn into war wolves, uh, which is a great fear of um, Kitty and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. really, kind of weird stuff. I was very interested in um, in Captain Britain because I like mm-hmm. his ties with uh, with Merlin um, mm-hmm. yes. and, and him being a, a confidence 
um, hero as well. I guess mm-hmm. it, confidence, um, his strength relies on that. And he's mm-hmm. in, in all-time low. Like, he even spurns Megan um, yeah. away, and she's just trying to help. Uh, right, right. So, yeah, um, it was interesting to see him in that kind of condition. Um, mm. But, yeah, no, very cool. Uh, very cool indeed. Excalibur. Um, there's also, sorry, there's also something with Nightcrawler as well. He's not at his best. I mean, he was in the, oh, he, he's trying to push himself or something. He was in that danger well, this, I think this happened after um, the, the robot Nimrod came along and put the boots to all of the X-Men. Right. Because I remember that, I think that was why Kitty, too, had her issue with her powers, that she tried to, she pushed herself too much or something. But mm-hmm. I, I remember Nimrod punched Nightcrawler, like, while he was in mid-phase or something, and it oh. screwed him up bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, um, yeah. I mean, Nightcrawler, for those that don't know, he's, he's a swashbuckler, um, probably up there with the best um, swordsman. Um, mm. But, yeah, he, he, he struggles. Uh, but yeah, the relationship between all of them was really cool, and, and there was actually time spent towards the end where they were actually discussing, you know, should we team up? Should we, you know? Mm. There, there was a really odd moment where they just kind of go, okay, well, kind of what now? Should we just just go our yeah. separate ways? Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I, th- I thought it was kind of done in a realistic sort of way. You know what I mean? Um, mm. They've kind of just gone through this event, and it's like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. Yeah. That's it. Let's just go. Oh, hang on. No, yeah. why don't we? be the X-Men that Professor X wanted us to be and, mm. you know, that sort of stuff. Right. But very, yeah. very interesting stuff. Um, yeah, so Justin, so in the lighthouse here um, in England. Yeah. A little balmy, uh, a little balmy. Yeah. A little balmy. Um, yeah. Quite quite nice. I, I feel like tea for some for some reason being mm. in England. Uh, well, for <laughs> Samuels, is he? Oh, he Samuels well, probably well, knows what he's yeah. doing. The the oaf. No, I shouldn't say that. He's good. Well, he's very he good. might be a little bit overwhelmed by all these all these scenery changes as well. <laughs> exactly. We'll cut him some slack today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do see another owl here, um, mm. Justin. And who do we have here? Oh, this is magenta. Oh, magenta. Jay. Magenta with a J, and uh, oh, this is an extra bright glow coming from the snowy owl. So, oh gosh, I, I thought it was just the lighthouse, Ooh. but you're right. It's 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 her. She's she's positively beaming. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're they're all glowing in unison now. So I think this means we're doing a long distance trip. Oh, okay. It might take a little bit longer than usual. So, mm. listeners, we're going to take a quick short break as well, and we're going to wrap this up with two of the final two, top two books from Justin, The Owl. <laughs> Osgood. Catch you soon. Listeners, this is Ray here. Just uh, wanting to say, look, if you like Moon Knight, I urge you to give The Fringe Knight a go. This is a self-published indie release by creator and writer Daniel Doing, um, and it's a it's a ripper of a read. 
The Fringe Night is an adventure comic series set in Erie, Pennsylvania, and the series stars the title character who protects his city from every threat imaginable. From radioactive wolfmen to mad scientists putting poodles in giant robots, The Fringe Night is there to protect. Definitely worth checking out. I highly recommend it. Uh, available, uh, just check out the show notes uh, in this episode, but uh, Fringe Night has a Facebook page as well as a Patreon page, and you can also find all the comics on IndiePlanet.com. So check out Fringe Night by Daniel Doing. All right, let's get on to the show. Hi, this is Declan Shalvey, uh, artist, former artist of Moon Knight, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back again, listeners. We are back, and we are looking at the top two books from mm-hmm. Justin, and uh, we're in outer space. Justin, yeah. this is a long trip. What the hell? Yeah, the, the lounge has been teleported on board the spaceship. Yeah, this uh, is... um. It's, we're, we're kind of observing a, a battle, as you can see out, out, the, uh, out the way there. The two, uh, two clear factions, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's it's good that we're at a safe distance. We don't have anything to worry about, I don't think, from this distance. Ah, yes. But ah. if if there's any danger, I, I think my owl friends can whisk us out of here pretty quickly. Oh, good, good. And uh, if, if ever we need money, Justin, as well, there are the billions of, of gold and silver I see here as well. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> stacks just... of them, actually, right on the deck. Yeah. yeah probably lob one into the pockets pockets mm, I, um, I think yeah i think <laughs> and uh and this uh, brings in justin's number two this is so cool um justin i've got to say i really i really did enjoy this dread star oh, yeah dread star and company number one mm. the quest mm. or um it was re-released um just as dread star one yes as yes. well yeah. um so from printings of this one yeah 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 so first one was epic comics is that right or, yeah Yep. Yep. And then Marvel kind of took it, from what I understand. Mm. Um, yeah, Marvel ran it up until I think issue twenty six, and then first took it over and, and okay, and uh, continued it from then on. Right. But for those of you that don't know, this is a creation from Jim Starlin. It is an intergalactic world building huge saga it's really cool so this first issue really lays a platform uh, Justin but of course why did this inform you or how did this inform you um, being one of your favorite books well also being a big sci-fi fan this was like the, the king's jackpot um, and also a big Star Wars fan this kind right, of yes. appeal to that sense as well because it took that type of idea and expanded it further and I just loved all of the characters all of the detail that went into everything and like you said it is world building you've got mm. these two factions that have been warring for who knows how long um, all of these unique characters and races and aliens and things so it's cool and really cool. I think it's really some of Jim Starlin's best artwork and his definitely his best writing I think too 
Oh, it is. It, it's, it seems like very well thought out um, and really well planned out, uh, as you'd need to for, for such a big kind of epic um, tale mm. that you want to tell here. But um, basically the run-through of the main characters. Now, I'm probably going to butcher a lot of these names, Justin, because they do seem quite hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the easiest, obviously, is, is Vanth um, Dreadstar. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a powerful individual uh he is he is he meant to be from earth or um well he the galaxy he's from the milky way he's he's i believe he's the lone survivor of the milky way galaxy in the future there's a cataclysm which happens and Mm -hmm. he's spared from it and it's during his during that period that he gains this vast power which Mm. manifests in the form of the sword that he can summon at will um, Fantastic. So yeah, powerful. he's he yeah. gets he gets involved in this conflict between there's a monarchy and there's also a religious order called the Instrumentality. Yes. And there's a, a massive war going on between these two factions. Um, well, yeah, it's embroiled in that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's like front and center, although he kind of gets introduced. Um, offside, so to speak, um, and mm-hmm. so we get we actually uh, introduce into the whole world through Odi. Is that yeah, Odi? Yeah, Odi. Okay, yeah. O E D I. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, a very cool. I love this idea. It reminded me immediately, Justin, of Red Dwarf uh, Cat. Yes, <laughs> yes, the cat. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, a bit more of a serious take, obviously. Uh, and yeah. w- what had happened is they wanted to mix. The common cat with with humans, um, and um, Odie is a is a result of that, a descendant of that. Um, they wanted to make a warlike race. Ended up they they were quite peace loving and became farmers, mm. more agricultural, mm-hmm. um, and so they have their place in the empire because um, I guess the monarchy um, finds value in that. So they give them like medicines, um, stuff like mm-hmm. that in return for a lot of the the produce that they produce um uh, so anyway so yeah they live a, a very kind of harmonious life right until mm-hmm. things go a bit sour there's an introduction with Dreadstar, mm-hmm. and their their planet is just kind of ruined um so yeah, a, a, a nice little yeah. origin yeah a nice origin for Odie, um but quite mm-hmm. um quite tragic yeah pretty grim stuff in that yeah mm. and beautifully rendered with the artwork with the use oh, of yeah. shadow and stuff in the flashbacks, yeah, so yeah. moody and, and and great, yeah. I mean, even Dreadstar um, forms a relationship with one of the um, the locals, um, but mm, she's mm-hmm. she's kind of she perishes, uh, and there yeah. only ends up t- uh, three of them, and so we kind of get another introduction to. Now, is it? I always thought in my head it was Ziggy, but it's like Sizigi. I always pronounced it Sizigi. Sizigi. I might be okay. wrong about that. Sizigi. Sizigi. Um, yeah. I might be wrong. I, I, I could have been pronouncing that wrong all these years, but I oh, think look that's who knows. how I've been saying We'll, we'll just need to ask Jim Stalin. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, he. <clears throat> so I Dark Luck, I think, is my favorite character out of this ensemble. A bit more mysterious, like, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, magic wielding. Um, mm. He seems mm. to to be, but he has some sort of um, cybernetic enhancements. He's lost a few things, um, mm. bodily things along the way. Uh, yeah. so it gives him a bit of a a, a different kind of um, 
a look, but he's human, right? Mm. He yeah. is human. He's just, yeah, he's a cyborg, and yep. he used to be a, a high-ranking member of the instrumentality who basically went yep. against them and lost yeah. quite a few body parts in the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those characters, I think, that is um, like he's not the main character, but he's kind of like the the quietly deadly one. You know what I mean? Yes, he's, he's just, absolutely. He uh, seems to be more than able, more than capable. And he ends up yeah. training Odie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Odie's just a far, farm boy, farmer. Um, but uh, obviously with the destruction of his um, town and planet, um, he, he goes on board on the crusade as well with Dreadstar and Sizigi, mm. um, which is really cool. And then finally, just in rounding out the troop, uh, another interesting little character. She comes in at, towards the end, though, of this issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, uh, Willow, who is a Willow. blind telepath, mm. and her telepathic ability is to communicate with machines. Yeah. Yeah, techno, like a technopath. Yeah, yeah. yeah technopath. Um, so very handy, especially yeah. when they do come up against robots. Very handy mm. indeed. Absolutely, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, has she ever... Look, I'm just thinking now, I'm spitballing here, Justin. Has she ever tried to take over Saigi? Like, was there ever an instance where he goes bad and she tries to... I mean, he's cybernetic. No, because, I mean, he's... Because yeah. his brain was still organic. Still, okay. So, okay. yeah, I don't, I don't think that she can... Do anything to to something that okay. doesn't have an artificial intelligence. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, but she's quite she's quite powerful in her own right, and yeah. um, that's it as well, right? Because there was one panel I was looking at it, and and like they enter this room. I think that's where all the the gold, you know, bullion is. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she goes, "Oh, this is an amazing room." And I was thinking, but isn't she blind? But she has that like a um, accomplice, right? Yes, there's a little uh, creature called. Um, Rainbow, the yep. name of the thing is Rainbow, and I think it's called a monk, and it's a little a little monkey thing. Yes, and she she can see through its eyes. Basically. Yes, so yeah, yeah so I immediately said, "Hang on, she can't see." Oh, she's she's probably <laughs> looking through Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I like. Yeah, little, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's little tidbits as well. I mean, so you yeah. mentioned that you're a huge um, sci-fi fan as well. Did you mm-hmm. when you when you um, got introduced to Dreadstar and loving it? Did it immediately? Did it um, remind you of of maybe other series and stuff that you've read or watched or seen? Uh, there was a little bit of Star Wars in there, which mm-hmm. is kind of the initial. There's a little bit, yeah, I can kind a of a little see that. bit, a little, yeah. little hints and pieces of it, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But nothing really to to compare it to, which okay. I think is why I loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, that's good. yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, it was so yeah. cool. Like I love Jim Starlin's robots. Like to me, nobody can <laughs> draw robots like Jim Starlin. And, and yeah. throughout this whole series, and especially in this first issue, there's some great killer robots. <laughs> yeah, oh, there, there are. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I mean, the Star Wars one does does kind of leap out. I mean, it's only I only ask that because I'm curious because you um you mentioned that you're you're uh, very into the sci-fi, and, and I'm sure you would have mm. read you've read a whole lot more than I would have. So mm. I'm wondering if it'd be interesting if there were any touchstones to any other um, stories that you may have come across. But yeah, I mean, this is really cool, very very uh, enjoyable stuff. Um, I'm so glad st- you like this one. Yeah, oh, I really yeah, was, do. Had, had you ever heard of this before? Like uh, in um, reference. No, only from what I think I mentioned, vaguely recalling that they were re-releasing it, or or Jim Starlin's uh, continuing his Dread Star title. Um, oh, so this, okay. I read this after you know after Endgame and stuff, and uh, I was like, mm. oh, Jim Star's um, 
like either resurrecting or doing dread stars go oh, i've never heard of that oh, okay. it's like oh he's got a sci-fi kind of thing happening and yeah, and, uh, yeah. having read a lot of jim stalin in marvel i know he's very good with his sci-fi so mm-hmm. um i'd only, always just heard of it i'd never actually delved into it but it's so accessible like with this with this issue to get drawn into the world it's really good yeah, I was hooked right away, and I collected this actually for for a few years after nice. that. And there was also an issue too that that almost made the cut. It was one that came up a few uh, issues later, and I won't give a whole lot away. But basically, one of the the villains uh, goes to the extreme and nukes an entire city to try to kill Dreadstar. Oh wow! And afterwards you see the aftermath of the nuclear explosion and you see some of these people that have just been vaporized oh, and then you see also people that were wandering around who had been exposed to to the fallout to the radiation and it was such grim kind of gruesome stuff but um jim starlin made it look so cool and just i, I never forgot some of those images they were just were, so were they mutated or deformed well just basically they were dead and they didn't realize it you know, they oh. they were you know only hours away from succumbing oh, to fallout. Bleak, yeah. yeah, very bleak stuff, and yeah. and heavy stuff for someone who was, I think I was probably seven or eight at the time. But like I said, I've always been obsessed with death and destruction and mayhem. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No, but, um, uh, oh my gosh, Def- definitely worth checking out, um, mm. listeners, Dreads are, I mean, I'm not just saying that because it's your top four, it was really, really fun, and, and the artwork, yeah, I mean, mm. it, it holds yeah, up definitely. really well. I so. think it's some of his best, yeah, and, and some of his best writing, too. I, I was I was lucky enough to read Silver Surfer in the 90s mm. when Jim Starlin oh, yeah. was writing it, and, and yeah. so, so happy when he brought Thanos back, that whole story yeah. was so good. Oh, um, yeah. But, it's, it's, but I loved his, his writing here in Dreadstar. I feel like he, mm. this was. I feel like in a lot of ways, this is kind of his favorite project. And I feel like a I lot reckon. of yeah. a lot of his kind of the things that he really wanted to do, he had full carte blanche to do yep. with this series, and, and it definitely comes through. And I love that. Yeah, I mean that's my um, impression as well. Like I've got no real backing to to say that too. But like, um, yeah, I, I think because it's you know his creation, it, he's probably not mm-hmm. hindered by. You know the big publishers, you know, mm-hmm. so, so he can just do what yeah. he wants, and um, yep. they're, they're fully his um, property. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, definitely worth um, checking out. I might have to. Well, I did. Well, let's just say I did acquire some of them digitally. So, I'll, oh, <laughs> I'll just, good. Like, I'll just, uh, oh, I'll just yeah, keep on yeah. reading. You'll, you'll have to let me know what you think of the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'm. I'm just yeah. thinking out loud. He's sorry, loony listeners, but. Um, Maybe if we ever do another bonus episode, Justin, because bonus episodes could be anything. Maybe we could mm, just do, that's true. do like a review, I don't know, down the track. Be good. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. yeah get your reactions on some issues. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, now, finally, Justin, and uh, I'm getting the nudge here from one of these other owls. Oh, oh the um, owls, I think, yeah, they don't, it looks like the, the space battle might be getting a little bit too close for their liking. They... 
yeah, the robots glowing again, and yeah, I think robots are a bit scary. Yeah, mm, I think they're ready for us to leave, and I, I think Samuel's is tired of the zero gravity too. <laughs> Samuel's floating around. He's not the best um, with it. Uh, okay, it looks like we're we're going to be awash again with some sort of. Mm. Uh, yeah, this this oh, one should be pleasant. This okay. should be pleasant. Oh, good. Ah, uh, whoa, Ooh. whoa, wow. hey, Justin. We're back. We're back in the mansion, it looks we're, like. We're back. We're back in the ro- with the roaring fireplace, the bark in the mm, background. Back where we started. Or did we ever leave? This is, <laughs> this Actually, is the... yeah, we should check the cameras and see what happened. I True. That will, be, that will True. tell it. Yeah. To the CCTV. Samuels? Yes, could you could you please check the CCTVs? We don't know exactly mm. what happened. We're back where we are, but we we feel like we've been around the world, up in space. Mm. Okay, there, there Samuel goes. Oh, he's got a he's got some gold in his back pocket. That's a bit weird. Oh, and, <laughs> jingle, little jingle, <laughs> little yeah. jingle, little jingle in that pocket. Um, anyway, um, Justin, we've returned back to Grand Mansion, and and aptly so, because mm. coming in at your number one pick on the desert island books and i want to ask why this would be why this would be a good book on a desert island is ding (laughs) moon knight thank you so much justin that's great gold (laughs) moon knight volume two issue one it's fist of conchu um and it is knight of the jackal from 1985 so justin why this book um how would this tide you over on a desert island well, I love how the pulp tone of this book. I think that mm-hmm. as far as all the stuff that I, I... When I was picking these four, I tried to pick ones that kind of covered all, all the bases. Like Excalibur yeah. covered kind of my love of teen books. Nice. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Fate covered my love of the magic and the mm-hmm. fantastical stuff. Dreadstar covered my love of sci-fi. And I, I wanted one that was, I wanted a, a book that covered kind of my love of back to basic superhero stuff, but that also had a pulp element, which I love so much. Yeah. And and this issue really had that in spades. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the artwork, yes. which has a very kind of pulp realism to it. And it, I just, I, I love the artwork in this in this issue. I remember when it first came out, I remember thinking specifically that this looked like an adaptation of a film and I I remember asking my mother is is there a Moon Knight movie out Fist of Kamshu (laughs) like is is there a movie like because there was no internet back then so there's no way to google that or look that up and she's like no I don't think so I haven't seen any commercials for that on the TV or whatever well I if, if there is one, let me know, because it looks like this is an adaptation of a movie. And, I, you know, I, I, for months I looked for any announcement of a Moonlight wow. film because yeah. I thought that this was like a movie that, that was mm. being made. Oh. And also growing up in the 80s, I mean, you saw a lot of stories like this, yes. um, not only in comic books, but also on film. Yeah. And I still think that this would make a fantastic Moonlight film or, or 
or episode of the show or whatever. I, yeah, uh-huh. I I cannot agree more as well. This has has it as you say in spades. Um, very cinematic. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, I I'm gonna renege what I ever said about Fist of Conchie before. Um, after having read reread issue three again um, for the Moonwalk oh, with yeah. um yeah yeah with Chad and re rereading mm. this now again. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying Fist of Conchu. Uh, uh, I know I said previously I found it probably not one of my favourites um, of, of mm-hmm. Moon Knight, but no, I'm I'm loving it. And this, yeah, oh, this good. could easily translate into a uh, into an episode um, or mm-hmm. or into a, a film. Um, really beautifully drawn as well, and um, I've got no problems with this um, Mark finding these high priests. Uh, yeah, in the temple. three priests. Yeah, three, yeah. It was so him, weird. Yeah, and 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 then it just disappearing. That whole temple, like at the end, was really mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but also having that jackal as um, trying to tap into Anubis's, um, I guess the deity yes. of that. Um, he was a really good cool villain because he had a really nice um, look about him as well. Once he put that helmet on. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was a great kind of quintessential rich '80s mm. maniac villain. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, but we were at the top of this show as well. We were at that art auction, and that's where this uh, that came mm. from. Mm-hmm. But that that whole scene with the um, the man, that mysterious man with the cane, um, just spraying that um, that bitter. Um, yeah. He was going to buy it. I mean, that yeah. all reeks of, of like a, you see on a TV or, or a movie. It was really cool. Or a James Bond film yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No. So, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, really enjoyable. Um, it's just so. too bad that the Jackal is, is kind of like another, what I like to call one and done villains mm. because and, and we see a lot of those in the yes. rogues gallery a lot of these one and done villains that just appear for one issue and they're gone i feel like he could have definitely been a recurring nemesis oh, sure. i mean he's he's got the the motif like the the thing yeah. going I, I, Absolutely. I, I mean and let's not let's not um dispel it i guess many writers can probably bring him back if they do uh, it, mm. it depends on how much had deeper dive i guess new writers will go into moon knight if they ever do pick up yeah. mr conchu i reckon that'd be well serviced i know that this series gets a lot of stick among the moon knight fandom i don't don't really know why i mean i know they probably don't like the egyptian art at all they think it's hokey and stupid Mm. you know i kind of get that and i don't i don't like the when i was rereading the issue i was reminded of the the bare hands i hate the bare hand look with the the costume oh i didn't pick that up okay right I, yeah. They fixed that later on, I think. They they made yeah. it so that he has gloves. But right. I thought that looked so stupid for him to have had bare uh, hands and everything else be covered. I, I thought yeah, that yeah. was ridiculous. But, I, mean, I, and I, I like, too, how they restored his powers, how he could yeah. have strength strength during the full moon. I thought that was... I always liked that aspect Me too. of Moon Knight's character. It, it sets him a little bit apart. And yes. I don't think it's... I don't think it's like so overpowered of a power that yep. it would be abused, you know, no. or overused in stories, or it would be something that would make him, you know, more of a, a vigilante character, more powerful. Yep. Or I don't think so. I think it no. just makes it. Well, 
if you if you look at um, I guess the handbook of the Marvel Universe as well, I think they talk about that. Or well, I've read it somewhere, and it, and it is pretty low. I mean, it, it's something like yeah. you know, if we're to do metrics, it's like two tons. It's like it's not. Yeah. He's not too yeah. powerful, so he's not even. Right. He's not even as powerful as say Captain America, who who was enhanced no. as well. Um, no, Spider Man. Yeah. Spider Man's ten. Yeah. 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 I think Captain America is like five or something. Something like looking that. At, yeah, yeah. So. Um, very, very minimal, but it's enough to kind of get him across the line, so to speak. So when he was wrapped in those mummy bandages, um, he managed to kind of mm. bust out, which surprised yeah. Jackal. I like Jackal's laser eyes as well. I know, those were um, so great. Yeah, so, so cool. cool. And, and his, uh, his costume was cool too. I liked His costume was great. Yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. can't fault it. Um, so um, the idea was, I guess, they would, the Jackal wanted to get the, the, the statue of Conchu and, and wanted to somehow mm-hmm. abuse it in some way, um, um, but yeah. Well, he, um, yeah, he had a spite against Conchu. All of his all of his followers right. kept screaming, "Death to Conchu! Death to yes. Conchu!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had all those great battles with with Mark leading up to the, the climax there, where he was fighting all of his followers, and they kept screaming, yeah. "Death to Conchu!" It was great. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and this first issue as well, it, it is a good. Um, I think it's such a good introduction. To Mark it really as is. Well. I was a little bit confused in the beginning. I'll admit that okay. in the, when I first read this in 1985, because mm-hmm. I had that other Marvel team up issue as a point of reference, ah, right? And so it it was a little bit confusing to me from that right. regard. Yeah. To, to I didn't really realize how much time had passed between those two issues, and, uh, and right. I didn't know what happened. I, you know, I had no idea what he was doing in his own title, that type yep. of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's very different. Like he's a very different character from like the Marvel team up or, or any other appearance yeah. that he would have made around the time. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, I've got I don't I don't know. I think a lot of people do like this run as well. I mean, we've, I've heard some mm. people not liking it, but there are people that do love it. Like I know Noel as mm. well. I think he he really enjoys it. Um, but even the um, I don't know if people have. Uh, uh, you can take umbrage with with the. The artifacts that Munot uses, like the, I, I the like arsenal, the bling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the bling is great. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I I can understand how you yeah. know if practically we're talking about Moon Knight now being in yep. New York and like hurling a five thousand year old bow bola at someone <laughs> or or an ivory boomerang at someone. It's it's really not practical true, because true. what if somebody has a shotgun and blows yep. this priceless ancient artifact to kingdom come yeah it's yeah well but it could be enchanted I, or something i don't know it could be like yeah i i'd like to i'd like to think that somewhere yeah. in the moon cave mark still has all of that old stuff me too in a case somewhere even though in the west coast avengers issue we saw a lot of it smashed to bits yeah i still hope that he's still got some of it in a case somewhere you know that he yeah. hauls out every so often you know? yeah yeah I mean, and I have uh, to say too about the artwork in this issue. Yes. I, I, made, I made a note about this in the notes. As as a gay comic book fan, I have to say that this is, I think, probably the sexiest that Mark has ever looked. <laughs> the, the, I, as, even in 1985, before I had any idea about which way I was interested in, yeah. I, I remember just staring at that scene of him on the diving board 
or staring at that panel of him in the bed when he had his shirt off. And, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, of that. I'm just, yeah, I'm recalling the one in the bed. I remember just going, geez, he's ripped. He's, <laughs> he's ripped. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I fully believe that, that comic books are the reason why to this day I have an addiction to, to beautiful, muscular men. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just well, every day know. I have to see at least a few pictures of some beautiful, muscular man. And <laughs> I, I'm sure that that probably goes back and dovetails in with my with yeah. my early days of seeing all these gorgeous men in, in comic books with their shirts off with yeah. rippling muscles and things i'm sure it's i'm sure it's related it's too much <laughs> too too much of a coincidence yeah 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 for sure yeah, for sure I, yeah i remember the diving um scene as well uh, very yeah yeah very, very cool it, yeah, mus- yeah with the, with the mus- speedos in the yeah. speedos just, oh god <laughs> exactly. i was just staring at that for hours it seemed like yeah god, mesmerized <laughs> uh, uh, but also as well I mean just going back to the bling as well what I liked um, that little note of uh, you only see it once briefly it, it glows when he's when lives are in trouble the it arc, remind, yeah yeah the arc yeah sorry it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the Black Knight's Ebony Blade where that kind of mm. Um, signals things as yes. well, so I like that. And then I just like the fact that he used the unk to just clobber people, like because you see it kind of <laughs> hanging around his neck. But then he actually, like mm. in this issue, he just actually clobbers people with it. It's great. Yeah, right at the right at the finale, he's he clocks yeah. Anubis right in the face with it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it um, yeah. Um, breaks the uh, the lasers and the eyes and that sort of stuff. So yeah. shatters um, his mask. Yeah. 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 And the, and the other little point of difference, I guess his um, slightly point of difference is his mask. Um, so you do see, mm. like, the texture of his face um, under it, which mm-hmm. I, I, I like it as well. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's different. Yeah, mm. we don't we don't kind of, we don't really see that rendition as much. Yeah. That, that kind of artistic impression, which is it's cool. I, I like the classic look better. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I don't mind. I've, I've got no problems with seeing that. Um, yeah, the white kind of yeah, shadowed yeah, face as well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. cool. It's very yeah. Cool. Well, I, I mean, Justin, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with oh, you yeah, about these issues. Right. It's, yeah. it's been so cool um, to discover these. Well, for me at least, to discover these and and maybe for yourself to revisit them and and to have a chat about mm. these issues. Oh but, yeah. I had- yeah, it had been a few years since I'd read a couple of them, so I was I was loving yeah. it. Yeah, good to do the revisit. So, um, no, a huge thank you. Um, uh, I just wanted to, uh, before we go as well. I mean, uh, is there anywhere that the loonies can find you, um, or maybe contact you? Well, I do have an email address, which is j u s t i n o w l seven seven at gmail, and Anybody who wants to can drop me a line there to chat about comics or whatever, and we'll start a dialogue. Um, I also wanted to make a little bit of an announcement because yourself and uh, Russell from the Mm -hmm. Tomes of Evil podcast have been hugely inspirational to me in thinking about doing my own podcast. Awesome. And I think towards the end of the year, it's obviously going to be after the move and after I get settled from that in my new mm-hmm. office and all that stuff. But I'd like to, I've been waffling for a long time about, I've been wanting to do a, a comic book podcast, but I've nice. been waffling about the topic and the format and everything. And I think I've settled on basically 
doing a monthly format where each is where each month I talk about a different comic book title, and they'll all be ones that kind of like some of these are kind of like hidden hidden gems or nice. ones that maybe fell between the cracks, maybe some yeah. limited series or some short-lived series that people may not have heard about. Cool. Because as you know, in the 90s, there was that huge comic book boom. And oh, we yeah. had the Ultraverse, and we had Valiant, and we had yes. Image, and we had all this stuff. And there were a lot of things that fell between the cracks even then. Yeah. Um, so I would love to introduce people to some of these. And nice. that's kind of my, my idea with this podcast. I'll have probably more about that later in the year, but um, that's something oh. I'm definitely working on developing over the next few months. Yeah. Oh, oh, fantastic. I'll keep close tabs with that, and, and for sure, um, we'll be sure to um, to shout it out and spread the word around um, once it kind of, uh, yeah, is up and running. But that sounds awesome, Justin. Um, yeah. Have oh, you heard of Defiant? Yeah. Do you remember Defiant Comics? I'm just thinking... Um, Defiant, I do. Yes, very yeah. short-lived. Um, um, was... They were really cool. Um, okay, in Malibu, a couple of years wasn't it? Yeah, a couple of years. Malibu. Yeah, <laughs> Malibu I do remember awesome Malibu. Yeah, yeah, that was that was who launched the Ultraverse. Actually, was Malibu. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. remember collecting a, a few titles there. Like again, the wave of the nineties just got crazy with comics. Yes, just tried to, so tried everything. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, but yes, that's awesome. Um, and also, um, I, I would be remiss not to talk about Weeds of Crime as well, Justin. Mm, yes, I'm also a regular co-host with Russell over on the Weeds of Crime, which is yeah. the shadow in comics. Uh, this is a Patreon exclusive for the Tomes of Evil podcast, so mm -hmm. anybody interested should so, definitely check that out as soon as possible. Absolutely. Please consider the Patreon there for Tomes of Evil. You can you can catch Justin there. Um, the Shadow, uh, uh, interesting. Uh, I know one of Russell's favourites, but he's, he's piqued my interest in mm. the Shadow as well. Very interesting character. Um, yeah. Loved your he's first. He's definitely a cool character yeah. as well. Yeah, too true. Um, well, Justin, we've got to... Before we go, just a, a little... I'm going to call... Here we go. Samuels, yes, hi. Um, I just wanted to... Oh, Samuels, hi. <laughs> just wanted to verify. Samuels, you've been a little bit dubious, to say the least, in this in this episode with Justin as guest. Now, you gave us a drink. Um, uh, things have been going a bit warped, a bit weird. Uh, Justin's our friends. They're, they're over here. Um, can you please explain mm. yourself, Samuels? Um, yes, I know Justin gave us that... Um, that nice, mighty fine jar of that leafed thing, Justin. Mm, what was the, that? the honey, yeah. The honey. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little extract I've been working on, you know, in my spare Excellent. time. Excellent. By no way do I lay any blame on that, Samuels. I blame it entirely on mm. you. So, um, words will be said after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Neda, Neda needs to, to come out and clean this up. I think you need to, to be exactly. excused early, Samuels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. D dismissed. Samuels, we'll let Neda yeah. take over. Um, no, uh, to be honest, um, Justin, thank you. as you said, he, he is um, he's very valuable to his Grant Mansion. 
just like mm. to... Oh, definitely. He's he's probably just a little grumpy from all the travel, you know, and the exactly. zero gravity. Floating you know, around. Probably upset his stomach with equilibrium a little bit. I, exactly. I can understand that. It's a little exactly. magical mystery tour. is a little, a little <laughs> overwhelming at times, a little <laughs> bewildering. True, true. He's been through the ring of the poor fella, so um, yeah, that's, that's understandable. Mm. <laughs> but no, huge thank you again, Justin. Uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been been a great pleasure as always. Yeah, no worries. Um, it's always it's always fun to chat about comic books with a fellow. Oh, it's fan. great, isn't it? Oh, I love it. That's oh, really yeah. cool. Um, but yeah. but next phase, loonies, uh, we have a first quarter moon, so we'll be returning to uh, the two two episodes in the week. Uh, we'll have an idle chat at the beginning of the week. Um, I just have to kind of nail down what that will be about. Could be on anything Moon Knight related. Uh, but we do have the first quarter um, Conchie's Relics. So I'm hoping to have Josh, uh, Josh Geronimo Johnson on. It'd be fun to have Josh back on. Uh, those of you will know, will know last time we kind of went through some Amazon slash Goodreads comments of some people of, of, of Moon Knight stories, which was quite humorous. Um, be fun oh, to do yeah, some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, was fun, funny. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping to do something similar again with Josh. He's always uh, he's always fun to chat with, um, but go check that out next week, uh, as always. And, uh, and finally, uh, we're part of the collective, so um, please check out these great shows running at the moment. Um, so you have the likes of... Uh, I'm your target demographic. Now, if, for those of you, I like to, you know, do this just in a little bit of a six degrees. Um, Adam over there, he had the great fortune of, of interviewing Sebastian Stan. Um, he wasn't oh, able to. Oh, yeah, I don't know who is that. <laughs> he, um, he, wow. Uh, he, he interviewed Brie Larson earlier on as well. Um, oh, my word. He, yeah, he wasn't able to release it because it, it's for a, another show, I think, that he does. He wasn't able to release all of it, but you can see snippets of it if you go check out I Am Your Target Demographic. Uh, really cool stuff there. Uh, also as well, um, TV Podcast Industries. Justin, you talked about the Bad Batch. They are going through the Bad Batch at the moment oh, on Disney+. Super. Plus. Yeah, very cool guys over there, Derek, John and Chris. Uh, and I'll throw another one in there, uh, Atalan Rising. A comic book podcast. Mm. So they started out with Inhumans, but they they branched it out to comics in general. So really good shows there. Go check them out. Um, well worth it. Uh, also, you can email us at itkmoonot at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Get vocal. We've got a website. And, uh, and Podchaser and Apple Podcasts, if you are kind enough to leave us a review, that will just help us get out there to more loonies. Um, you know, in which case they can tune in or they can come on as well and, and we'd love to learn more about our, our loonies within the ITK community so um, yeah so a big uh, a big shout out to that if you give us a rating. Uh, Justin these three owls um, they've proved mightily valuable to us. Um, thank you so much uh, for bringing them in um, Oh absolutely and I made them promise not to leave any owl pellets on the floor to clean up <laughs> <laughs> they're they're very good about waiting until they're outside to oh, cough very those good. up, oh, so fan- we won't have to deal with any mess. Yeah. Fantastic! Uh, and thank you so much to the uh, sorry the names again: uh, Agamemnon, uh, Agamemnon, and Cibole and Cibolet. Magenta with a J. Sibley Edmonton, thank you, all three of you. I bow my head to you. Very good. Um, I love ours as well. I've got to say. <laughs> uh, as always, listeners, uh, <laughs> may country watch over the denizens of the night. Catch ya. Take care, everyone.
Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.